everybody! Welcome to Patay's Filming Fridays, episode 28! I'm your host, and your dos, which means friend in the Indian languages, Filmy Fatay. And as usual, joining me with his beard is the gyrate bully manatee himself, Jonathan Restivo. How's it going, Sean? Uh, thriving, surviving, getting yeah. through it. Saw Jungle, saw Jungle Cruise today. I've got thoughts. Uh, ready to talk about whatever you saw in the last two weeks that you were saying is so exciting because it better be or oh, yeah. I'm going to be disappointed. No, no, man. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I will lose it and I will leave. We will end the stream it every, almost every, hold on. Let me just make sure what I have on my binge report because it's been, okay. There's at least like one that you might not be super surprised by one or two but other than that the rest should every single time you should be like what the fuck you're gonna it's gonna be an oh shit moment so all right uh i'm gonna i'm gonna start with you i'm gonna i'm gonna start with you though but before that before we continue ladies and gentlemen people i just want to remind you that this is a taste family fridays the show where i get together with my filming friends such as jonathan restivo to talk about all the filming things that's going on also uh this is my experience of me binging everything that I missed in the past. In the past, uh, I'm 20, 20 years of living. Yeah, twenty years of living. I'm. I've been a year. I've been alive for twenty years. But, um, so basically, your birthday's in like a week. I, uh, I would I say two weeks. Two, two weeks. Around, around two, weeks, two weeks. Sure. Yeah, but um, it's literally two weeks from now. <laughs> Yeah, you could say that, sure. Uh, but, ladies and gentlemen, people, here's how the show goes. Uh, we're going to start with, well, for this episode specifically, we're going to start with Sean because he has uh, a review or his discussion of Jungle Cruise because he saw it. I didn't. I did not see Jungle Cruise today or I don't know when I'll see Jungle Cruise. I might not even watch Jungle Cruise. I mean, I haven't even seen Black Widow yet. So, <laughs> anyways, but then we're going to move on to the binge report, uh, which is my report of things that I've seen ever since the previous episode, uh, things I haven't seen, you know, ever since I was born. So uh, then after that, we're going to take a five-minute break to get everything set up, take a break, and then we'll come back and we'll do the main show where we uh, discuss news stories and articles in the entertainment industry. You ready, Sean? Yes. All righty, here we go. Take it away, sir. Jungle Cruise, what did you think about it? Um, all right, so I went today because my grandma invited me, and, mm -hmm. like, you know, she invited Jacob, actually, and uh, she was like, hey, you want to come? And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, a little drip. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, basically, um, it was a fine movie. It was yeah. good. It wasn't like, anything, it wasn't anything like, well, like, what are you going to expect from a a movie based on a ride that's basically just a safari cruise. Well, you basically get a, like if Pirates of the Caribbean and uh, Indiana Jones had a baby, but like it's not really anything to write home about, essentially. Like it's good. It's an entertaining like two hour watch. And like mm -hmm. the performances are all good. Jesse Plemons is in this movie and he, uh, he plays a, like a, um, a German prince, and uh, <laughs> he's really funny. 
And like, there's there's definitely some funny moments with him. The Rock is always entertaining to watch. He has surprisingly good chemistry with Emily Blunt, and like, you know, you wouldn't expect that sort of pairing to be uh, like good, but like, you know, it's surprisingly good. And like, I mean, I think the performance is enough to uh, justify watching this movie just because it's like the the chemistry is like surprisingly there. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I let me ask you a up? question. Why don't you review the theater too? Review the theater. <laughs> <laughs> <Out of> the <laughs> right. <laughs> the chairs are deluxe. Yeah, yeah. Go see the uh, board cinemas in Petaluma. That's the best movie watching experience. Just saying. But um, <laughs> uh, but I will say like my critique on it is basically like it's not really that interesting of an adventure movie it's got like the same it's a it's a very formulaic movie it's basically just like you know travel into the forest or not forest jungle it's a jungle mm. not a forest mm. travel into the jungle right like you know looking for this mystical magical magical treasure like it's very similar actually to pirates of the caribbean dead man tell no tales honestly i haven't like, seen it yet like, oh, it's like actually, it's like that movie and uh, Pirates of the Caribbean Four, which is the worst movie. Granted, this is better than that, but like it's they're both basically the. I don't want to spoil anything, but the goals in that movie are very similar to the goals in this movie. I see. And like you know, it's not it's not awful. It's just you know, for me, it was like I've seen it before. But right. um, it's definitely an enjoying watch for let me, kids or people looking for that experience. Let me let me ask you this question: Do you think that would you consider this as a good Disney movie? Uh, I consider it a very average Disney movie. Okay, thank like, you very much. That's all I needed to know. <laughs> like there, there, there are definitely Disney movies that have come out where I've been like, wow. And then there's movies that are taken the live action sort of way. And usually I'm like, that was good. Or I was, I'm like, nah, don't watch it. This one I would not recommend uh, not watching because it is enjoyable. But um, it's not really anything. Like if you're looking for <laughs> like a unique experience, it's not really going to give you that. Right, but right. Um, what I would say, because I, I think that I should say this if I'm going to give so much critique on a movie. Um, I feel like, because there's a, there's a part in this movie at the very beginning where Dwayne Johnson is actually doing a Jungle Cruise. Because this movie is very, like, removed from Jungle Cruise. It's kind of Jungle Cruise for, like, ten minutes, and then it's, like, Indiana Jones for the rest. Right. But um, I think that this movie could have benefited if it was just like the ride jungle cruise like if it was like dwayne johnson owning a jungle cruise and taking these people through this sort of jungle cruise that he's sort of like set up to be like a like a trick experience because that's what it is that's what jungle cruise essentially is it's just going through and you know all these animatronics come up and like it's set in the past and they figure out a way how to do that pretty uniquely which is cool Mm. i just think that they should have sort of focused on the jungle cruise rather than making it sort of a movie that is more akin to Uncharted or Laurel Croft or uh, mm. Indiana Jones. 
or something like that. I think it would have been a lot more of a unique experience and it would have been like a little bit more fun for people who are really fans of the ride. Right. Like, that's all. That's just my opinion. That's how, what I would have done with this sort of uh, IP. Mm-hmm, for sure. No, I agree. Hold yeah. on. I got to take out my shirt. It's getting way too toasty in here. But yeah, no. Uh... And I mean, <laughs> for people saying like, well, there's not really a lot of entertaining things in Jungle Cruise, like as in the ride, like that'd be pretty samey after a while. You can freaking take one little concept and make it interesting. Like you could take walking your dog and make it something like, amazing and bad and like crazy and awesome and whatever like you right. just gotta put some inspiration into it <laughs> i agree yeah no, definitely <laughs> uh i mean I, I i think i will see jungle cruise at some point i just don't think i will watch it right now the one movie that i will watch for damn sure is uh suicide squad i'm definitely gonna go see that oh yeah i heard that that was actually really really good yeah i heard that that was that was like fantastic you want to go watch um, it with me? I'm, I'm probably gonna. We'll see. We'll see who, where I'm at, and who I'm with. <laughs> All right, we'll see. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm. Uh, I'm glad that you liked. So you you like the movie? Yeah, it's a. Yeah. I, I it's not a movie that I would say like yo Disney is, Disney is out of control. They're 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 just ruining everything. No, it doesn't ruin it. I just think it's a very unremarkable experience essentially it's like it's good it, it satisfies you for the two hours that you're in it i don't know how much i'm going to remember of it leaving the theater and like another critique that i kind of have is there's so many villains in it and it's like all right uh, these guys are bad these guys are bad this guy's bad it's like like why like and none of it's like they're not really developed very well it's sort of just like you get to one enemy and like, you know, oh, they're spooky, they're crazy, they're like they're they're gonna they're gonna threaten their characters, but then they're gone for a good chunk of the movie. And then this other villain's in here and he's like uh, he's like super he's got like a submarine and he's gonna like blow them blow them up and then he disappears for a bunch of the movie. And it's just like sort of a back and forth between these two villains that really don't have anything to do with each other. Right. And they're not even really working together in a sense. They're just kind of there. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't know. I feel like giving this movie a central villain would have helped it. Like, didn't really need to have this mystical element to it. Right. It just, I don't know. I just think it, 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 it just comes off as sort of formulaic. And, like, it's like, seems like they added extra villains just to add context to more things without actually making them, like, a big part of the movie, essentially. But, again, not saying that it's bad. I'm saying watch it if you like Indiana Jones or the Pirates of the Caribbean or uh, any adventure-type movie, and you'll probably have a good time. Hmm. I see. All right. Well, I'm glad you like Jungle Cruise. I'm definitely going to give it a watch at some point. I don't know when, but I will indeed. And, uh... I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, folks. I'm just super excited about this episode's binge report because uh, at, I, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping that every item on here is really going to make you lose your mind or make you lose your shit at I least. I hope it does too. Yeah, because, uh, I I, I, because I most certainly 
spent a lot of time binging. So, okay, uh, for those who, because I, I, I didn't add this to the binge report because there's way too many things that we need to talk and discuss. Uh, I have binged season, season three and four of Breaking Bad. So that leaves me with the last season of Breaking Bad, and then I'll move on to, uh, you know what I want to do, though? I, I feel like I want to take a pause from uh, Better Call Saul. I feel like I want to wait until, you know, the last season's out because uh, they did say yeah. they're filming the last season, so. That's a good idea. I, I honestly, I want to get into Peaky Blinders. Like, I've heard a bunch of things about it, and I want to watch it. Yeah, Peaky Blinders is a great show. Um, I think it's a, uh, I don't, like, there's really good moments in Peaky Blinders, uh, essentially, and I think that makes it, like, really entertaining. And they're also, it's like, they're never too long either. Like, I think there's only like six or seven episodes a season. So it never really overstays its welcome or it feels like it needs to reach the 10 episode uh, benchmark that it was set by Game of Thrones or whatever. So, right. yeah, Biggie Blinders is definitely a good watch. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, on that note, folks, uh, let's dive right into the binge part. So, Sean, let me ask you the question. How many items do you think I have on the binge part this episode? Eight. You were close. I have nine items on the binge report this week. I'm always super close, dude. <laughs> you'll get there. You'll, you'll, you'll get it one day. You'll get it one day. Okay. Sean, prepare yourselves. Because the first item on the binge report is James Cameron's Avatar. You hadn't seen that before? No. Hey. All right. That was that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's a How did you like it? <laughs> I I think it's a masterpiece. Okay. Yeah. Um it's definitely Am I crazy for, for thinking that. Did, I mean No, you're not. You're not. When did it What year did it come out again? Oh, wait. Sorry. I forgot to switch the binge report cam. I'm sorry. Uh, because I have your camera there too. So if you watch the stream, you can now see it. Uh, what, what was your question again? What, what year did it come out? I can't remember. I can't remember either. Um, I want to, I'm going to guess it's 2009. I'm going to guess it's 2009. Well, yeah, it's 2009. For, for, okay. So I remember when I was 11 and this movie was out and everybody was freaking out about it and being like, wow. This is next level cinema. This is the entrance into the new age and all that stuff. Um, and I remember seeing it. And I'm thinking like, dang, this is like hella cool. And like, uh, I keep saying like, and <laughs> I, you know, the visuals, the visuals are outstanding. Like they're, I don't even know if visuals meet this mark that it did in 2009. Like most visuals yeah. still are not better than Avatar in some ways. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think that this is definitely an iconic movie. It's definitely a movie in film history. It is like, also a movie that, like, you know, it's culturally significant in every way possible. Right. However, yeah. for me, everything but the visuals don't really age that well. <laughs> the I agree. Story, in my, yeah, and the story, in my opinion, is very, very... Like, it had been done before at that point. It was, it's like, I mean, and, you know, environmental movies about, like, 
humanity injecting themselves into it. I do. You can use my phone. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, you take it. Um, and then. And oh. now. We're taking a look Just, at yeah, Sean Restivo's <laughs> wrist. Um, I I know. I I wanted to um, but continue. Yeah. Yeah, you you can continue. Okay, so basically, what I mean is like environmental movies about humanity like injecting themselves into a new place and just kind of sapping it of its resources. Mm-hmm. It is definitely an important one that I think a lot more films should embrace, right. but. They didn't really do it in a way that, like, really could stick with people because everybody was talking about, oh, look at the the aliens. They look so realistic. And and the story doesn't really stand out in that sort of way. So, like, you know, it's like what people say. It's like it's Pocahontas and Fern Gully just mashed into a movie about aliens fighting humans to protect them. So, essentially... Essentially, it's it's a it's a great movie. I think the story doesn't really uh, age as well as everybody wants to think it does. I know there's this whole meme where like freaking <laughs> Jack's films and whoever they're like, "Well, Avatar is such an overrated movie. Like, why is it the highest grossing movie of all time? We're gonna make Endgame the highest grossing movie of all time." And like, you know, that there could be an agreement, like sort of there. Because, like, you know, Avatar is kind of, I don't know, it's, like, it's weird. It's, yeah. it's, it's like, old news, essentially. And it's, like, no, nobody really can remember anything about it other than right. blue people, and it looks really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I, I, I definitely agree. I thought the story was really good, but, like, to your point, though, it doesn't, like, it's aged. It's, like, it doesn't really <laughs> hold up in today's standards. Um, but one, th- okay, there's a couple things that I want to bring out that's super not important, but like it just came to my mind. First of all, I've looked everywhere, but Avatar is still not in 4K. I can't find anywhere, like not Disney Plus, not anywhere. Now, that's mm. funny to me. That's, that's still pretty crazy how good it looks for not being in 4K. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it looks really good. Uh, second of all, um, I, I've already said what I wanted to say about it. It's a masterpiece. I, I, it's not masterpiece. It's a masterpiece, right? Let's let's make that clear. I loved it, and you basically took the words out of my mouth, Sean. How dare you? Uh, <laughs> it's visually, it's fantastic. Uh, Story wise, I thought it was also really good. I don't think like, I mean, to, once again, to your point, just because it's aged doesn't mean that it's not good. It's really good, and. It, there's a message to it. It's not just about like you know blue people fighting robots. It's there's an actual story behind it, which I liked. Uh, what one last note though? Uh, it makes sense that Ubisoft is making the game. Uh, Avatar's front, uh, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. It makes perfect sense with a game like this, or sorry, with a story like this, and with the world that James Cameron made in avatar it makes perfect sense to be making or it makes perfect sense that ubisoft is making the game that's all i'll say it just made more sense to me once i watched it make another point if like like you know just for the sake of argument um it's like a lot like 
and like don't don't like anybody who's watching this and wants to be like, oh, Sean, you're an idiot. I can <laughs> compare it to Doctor Seuss's The Lorax. Because you know how that movie was oh, all yeah. about, like, you know, like, save the trees, save the trees and all this stuff. But, like, it's presented in a way where, like, a kid could be watching and be like, oh, am I going to be like that? But it's like, oh, no, it, you're not going to be like that. Because all, like, like you, when you think about it, essentially, I don't know if I'm explaining it correctly. <laughs> when you watch a movie where it's, like, giving you this sort of message, if it's not conveyed in a way where you think, like, damn, I am the problem or, like, like we're this sort of kind of story where like I need to change myself to like better humanity. Mm -hmm. It's not gonna. It's not gonna. It's just gonna be like oh, watching it for the blue people and the uh, and the visuals. So mm -hmm. like so like a lot of people can separate themselves from the message and be like oh, I could never be like that because I'm not a crazy general who's wanting to destroy an alien civilization by sucking out its tree energy. Yeah, <laughs> which essentially is the movie. <laughs> like I'm not like that. I'm not a. I'm not a horrible person like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like going forward, if we're gonna convey these sort of issues, we can't make the big bad guy character be the one doing it because people can separate themselves from that character. They can't separate themselves from a character just like you and me, who is also doing that and like you know finds punishment from doing it because the protagonists of this movie are on that side. And then like, you know, they relate with those characters because they're like, oh yeah, I'm fighting against eco terrorism or whatever. Right. Or sorry, not eco terrorism. I'm fighting against the destruction of a planet. Eco that is what eco terrorism is, is when you're fighting against right. the destruction of like resources and the environment and stuff. So essentially what I mean is like yes. Movie, visuals, awesome, aliens, cool. Message needs to be less put inside of the big bad, more inside of the average person. I see. I'm done. <laughs> You're done. Yeah. And I am also done. Once again, just want to make it clear. I think this movie is a masterpiece. I think it's ahead of its time. And uh, despite the... I, I agree. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Uh, and uh, despite the fact I don't know how many times Zooms Cameron will delay the movie now it actually like there's a value to it now now I actually care whether or not it's delayed or not uh, but I'm hoping to see it in 2022 I think it's going to be a fun time hopefully it'll be well we'll see if it's not delayed to like 2028 or whatever yeah dude's going to be freaking dead by the time this movie comes out dude <laughs> oh, don't dude's that, like man. not not young dude's like not young he is Getting up there in age. Hmm. I'll agree, but oh well. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, people, it's time to move on to the second item on the binge report. That being Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. You okay? You just watched Dunkirk. All right. Yeah. Good. Good for you. Good for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Wow. Gosh. You're, you're a tough cookie today, Sean. All right. Um, here's what I'll say about Dunkirk before you start saying everything. Uh, I well, here's the thing. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I remember. Sound. That I'm gonna the only you. thing I, I'll take away from this, first of all, it's based on a true story. I love it. I love the acting, and I love the sound. That's all I'll say. 
Visually, Christopher Nolan is always visually pe- like pleasing. So I, I don't need to worry about that. It's the sound that like really got to me when it came to story-wise and just watching the movie. I love it. Would I watch it again? Uh, probably after a while, but I wouldn't watch it immediately like Avatar. The reason why I'm less excited about this is because I am not really a Dunkirk fan. Oh. I think it's kind of I kind of think it's kind of overrated, um, because like when I watched this movie the first time, I fell asleep like three or four times, and then when I watched it again, I still was like really bored. Um, and I mean, I I understand, yeah, it's a true story, and it's like a really like it's a really uh, overlooked event in the World War II sort of history because it is it was super important, like yeah, because there was a lot of uh, coordination by British civilians and the British Army and the Royal Air Force and all that stuff. Um, I just think this movie doesn't really have a lot interesting going on with it other Mm. than its story and its sound. Its sound is undeniably amazing. Yeah. yeah. It is the movie when you think about sound. Um, Or at least noticeable sound. So what I... Like, what I think is, yes, it is a good movie. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I just think that Christopher Nolan is a little bit overrated as a director. And, mm-hmm. like, there's just so much, like, I don't know. He, he, I know why people like his sort of, like, his, uh, his what's the word? His style. Because his style yeah. is very complicated and like expository in a sort of way like there's so much going on subtextually where the average person is just gonna be super overwhelmed and they're just gonna like they're just gonna turn their brain off and they're and sort of just watch the film and that's not really what you want when you're making a film like dunkirk where Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan is like supposed to be this super high quality director. And it's like, why I can't get through films like Inception either. Like Inception, one of the greatest movies of all time, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like, I mean that. But I think Inception and The Dark Knight are Christopher Nolan at his best. <laughs> hmm. I think, and I mean, of course, Interstellar is great as well. I'm not really as big on it as everybody else's, but I know like the complex- complexities of like, space and like how i haven't seen when it he goes down to the when he, okay, ah, then I'm it. <laughs> i won't explain it then so yeah anyway like dunkirk is a good film i'm not super big on it because it's sort of like i think it's a little bit overrated just because it's christopher nolan but like you mm. know definitely a good film yeah it's a good watch and and also and also to your point uh as to saying overrated Oh, we're going to see. Sean's going on an adventure. He's going on an adventure. Where's he going? Give me a sec. Where's he going to go? He's going to... What are we doing? Are you in Hold the on. bathroom? Hold I on. don't we're know where the, he is. We're getting the Sean cam here. Right. Sean's going on a mission. He's on an adventure. Let's see what, where he goes. Well, you can, you can keep talking. Uh, okay, fine. Uh, in all honesty, I thought Dunkirk... To your point, yes, I will say that. I think it's a, a little bit overrated. And that's me, that's me being nice here, okay? That's me being optimistic here. Because 
the thing about Dunkirk, first of all, it was a little bit confusing until I re- in the until like the second or third act. I was just like, oh, okay, this makes more sense. Another thing is that I can't say too much about it because once again, it's based on a true story, or not a true story. Sorry, I'm so sorry. It's uh, based on true real life events. So that's why uh, I can't say too much about it. Uh, however, when you were saying that it's overrated, I. You know what? I will agree with you. I think it's a bit overrated, but I don't think it's too much that, like, this is, like, a bad movie. This is a good movie. This is a good watch. And certainly, like, there's no kind of, like, like, huge stories to, like, be like, oh, we got to keep watching. Let's see what happens. Because this has already happened. This is something that is factual. So, yeah, that's all I'll say about Dunkirk. Uh, And, yeah, I enjoyed it. Would I say that I like this is like my top ten? No, certainly not. But I I enjoyed it for 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 what I for what it's worth. The I I had my AirPods in and I was watching it at night. It was an enjoyable watch. I'll say that. All right, folks. It's time to move on to the third item on the binge report. That being Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. In this one. What? <laughs> I haven't seen this one. Oh! Oh my <laughs> gosh! Are you kidding me? Eat a flaming hot Cheeto. Get out of here. I, I know what it's about, though. It's about a dude who has like a bunch of like roles in World War Two. No. Right? He's a tinker. He's a tailor. He's a soldier, and he's nope. a spy. Nope. Not even close. It's a uh, it's a mole really? story. Right. Like a spy. Yeah. He, no, he's not. <laughs> I okay. I'm gonna say this right now. I I personally believe it's a little a little bit overrated. I only watched it because of yeah, Benedict it, Cumberbatch and Gary Oldman, but otherwise it was confusing. And but once again, I enjoyed it. I watched it all the way, and I yeah i that's that's all i'll say i watched it for benedict cumberbatch and gary oldman that's all i'll say i didn't even realize that colin firth was in this film so there's also that and uh yeah that that's it <laughs> that's all i can really say about it um i i one one note that i will bring up though uh, just for the sake of you know being here uh so here's my three notes that i wrote confusing quite enjoyable however i did love the uh documentary like cinematography that's it that's it and Sean has frozen, ladies and gentlemen, people. Oh, no, he's back. So that's it. Yeah, I think I was just really still. Oh, you were sitting really still? Okay. What are you, fucking Drax or something? Uh, but anyways, that's it. That was the uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Moving on to the next item on the binge port. Uh, the fourth item on the binge port is Bo Burnham's Inside. Good. Okay, because I was like, did you watch it? And you were like, no. Okay, yeah. Literally, yeah. when you were singing the first song, I went, ah, that should have been. I, didn't uh, <laughs> I, I thought you knew because, like, I've been fucking recording my uncle playing it for, like, weeks and putting it on my Snapchat story and shit. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> I want to know what you think about this first. You really want to know? I'm going to talk. <laughs> yes, I'm going to talk forever, dude. All right. You know what? I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say one word to end it all. One word one word to end it all. It's boring. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. The the real the real word to end it all. 
my one word. It's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, it is. I love uh, it. I love it Bo is. Burnham's Inside. I love it. Well, is that all you want to say about it, or do you want to say some more? Tumble, stuff? No, Tumble, yeah, obviously, Tumble. I want to talk Tumble. about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it 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 brings it brings things that are going on in real life to light. It br- it brings it brings it forth. It come it brings it out, and uh, it also talks about Bo Burnham's uh, mental state. You know, being indoors. First of all, there were certainly moments where I was just like, "What the fuck is going on?" But then again, the the fact that Bo Burnham did everything no crew at all he did everything that he deserves the award he he deserves it i i yeah. i give my I, I i i'm throwing my bets in he's gonna win an award <laughs> i don't know which award because I, we didn't get to we didn't get to see the the rest of the emmy list so i'll just say this he he deserves an award he the fact that he worked on this all by himself with no help at all i mean i i assume he must have gotten a little bit of help i mean he's not that you know helpless okay, but so what i will what i will say is he did all of the directing editing cinematography and blocking and all that stuff like everything that he recorded was him right but um the the music that wasn't that wasn't like him in his room recording it that was like him maybe recording it there but then giving it to somebody else to like clean up and master and like put all the instrumentals together and all that stuff so the only thing that wasn't done by somebody else was, like, how clean the music sounds, essentially. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, hmm. What I will say is the awards that he's up for is Best Variety Special, Best Direction in a Variety Special, Best Original Music, Best Original Song, uh, I think Best Editing in a Variety Special, and Best Cinematography in a Variety Special. He's going to win it. Take it to the bank. I hope he does. I hope he gets all six. I hope he gets Take all six. The, or at least I don't know best. if I don't know if he'll win all six, but you know what? I'll, I, I'm gonna give it to him, man. I'm gonna give it to him. He's gonna win yeah. an award, at least one, at least one. I'm sure he'll win many, but he, like, he's just gonna win one. He'll at least. What win excites one. me is I think he's trying to go for Oscars as well because mm. he put his uh, he put his film into select theaters for a weekend. So just as long as you put your film into a theater for a theatrical run, I don't think it needs to be a long theatrical run or a short one. I might be wrong on that, but like, you know, mm. feel free to correct me, anybody listening. Uh, I think he's, he could possibly go up for Golden Globes and Oscars, which I hope that's the case. Um, because like, I, I'm not going to fucking sugarcoat words by saying like, <laughs> This special creatively changed my whole thinking about like, like, or is like about like film and what's it's been motivating me to like write my own stories and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like, you know, for a while it's just been like, you know, all I've got, all the only thing that's like struck me outside of, um, outside of like the movies that I've watched recently is, um, what's the word? It's just what I've learned in class, like what I've learned from Brian and uh, mm. Mike and whatever I've learned at SF State and like, right, right, right. Just, just, getting, just doing my edits and stuff. So like it's just changed the way that I've thought about how I can make my own art, essentially. Also, it came at like the best time, but at the worst time because like 
when this fucking thing dropped, I was in the middle of like, literally my dad took me and my brother and my, uh, and the master bedroom, all of that shit out of our rooms. <laughs> and like, I was sleeping on an air mattress for a little bit and I was angry. And then, you know, my mom passed away and mm. I was like, like I was, I was having trouble with uh, my friends and shit. And I was just really fucking sad. And I watched that and I'm not going to say it helped. Mm. I definitely made me a little bit angrier for a little bit or a little bit more depressed, but it did help me like figure out. It's like, damn, I know what, I know what I want to do essentially. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Literally the only, yeah. Once again, <laughs> no joke. When I watched it, when I finished watching it, I only wrote one word, and that was incredible. So, I love mm-hmm. the songs. I love what. God damn it! Everything that you said, the 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 cinematography, yes. the direction, <laughs> the acting, uh, it, it, it's good. It, it's incredible. I will leave it at that. I want to move on, unless if you have more things to say. I, I'll I'll just say a few more things. Yeah, so yeah like, go ahead. Um, in terms of, uh, the, because like, you know, this, like, it's not like a hundred percent, like real the whole time, essentially. Like what it is, is like him at the beginning. And like, you know, my, my friend who I watched this with, he, uh, he gave me some insight about this where he he had sort of like a theory that the end is what he filmed first. And then everything before that was him, uh, after, like, you know, having a breakdown, essentially. Mm. And then he, like, did everything else. Because, like, the story of this thing, because there, there is a story, like, it's not apparent, but yeah. he's basically, from the start of the film, he's, like, highlighting, like, his whole year from, like, I think, I think from maybe mid-2020 to early 2021, maybe a little bit later. Um, it's just his whole breakdown from, like, being, like, you know, like, sort of, like, uh, whatever, he's got a little bit of a beard, but, you know, he's still doing his Bo Burnham thing where he's pretty funny, and it's just a steep decline into him wanting to die, essentially. And, like, you know, he says in the film, he's like, I'm not gonna kill myself, but, like, you know, and you shouldn't want to kill yourself either, but, like, you know, people get sad sometimes, and, like, you know, this is the way I want to express it, and if it's fucking violent, then whatever. Like, I'm sorry I made you uncomfortable or whatever. And, yeah. um... But what, what strikes me about this film is the last... Uh... Like, maybe the last... Like, not the last. Like, there's, like, the climax. And, like, what the climax would be is, like, right after he sort of does his little campfire song essentially yeah, yeah, yeah and he basically he sits down he's like surrounded by lights and cameras and shit and he's trying to do like you know what you do where you're just like hi everybody filmy fate here blah 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 and they're going through his whole intro and stuff but he's like sitting down and he's like what the fuck am i even doing dude like does this even matter and he just gets angry and he starts like pushing lights out of the way and shit and then he like sits down and he's got his like hand on his head and he's just like i'm not well and then fucking sobs into his hands. And like those two moments are so incredibly real. Like there is no acting there. That is just him fucking 
freaking out because he's like, I'm doing all of this work and who's even going to fucking watch it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, a lot of people watched it. Yeah, honestly, a lot of people watched it for damn sure. I mean, the shit that I went through, of course, people should be fucking watching this. Go watch Bo Burnham right. Inside. Literally. Go watch it. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, both those two moments just made me think. I'm just like, what I'm going through right now, I'm not alone. And I can uh, do what he do- did and like make art out of it, or I can be miserable sitting in my room playing Kingdom Hearts all day. Am yeah. I sitting in my room playing Kingdom Hearts all day? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm also <laughs> but I'm also writing. I'm also thinking about what I want to write about. I'm also making plans with people to make make shit. And like, you know, I've just got a new perspective on what I want to do. And I mean I even told my friend, because I got like super drunk one night. And I was telling him, I was like, I want to watch this with you and my brother and my sister. My sister didn't watch it, unfortunately, because she thinks Bill Burnham is just silly songs and no substance. Oh, man. Oh, man. Is she wrong? <laughs> oh, man. Right. And I was like, and I, I was like, look, I, like, my friend's. The only piece of Bo Burnham content that I ever saw before <laughs> Bo Burnham's inside was that one vine where he goes, Is there anything better than Pussy? Yeah, a really good book. Pussy? but dude oh my god dude he just he i i i just developed like a shit ton of respect for him now that i saw inside it's oh yeah there's actually a kind of a funny story about this so again like i've been saying i've been writing my script yeah my script isn't about the most happy of things right honestly but because like you know i'm not my happiest right now yeah. and I don't want to fucking scream at everybody <laughs> so I'm kind of writing down my feelings and there was one day where I because you know the whole writing exercise where you want to put yourself in the mindset of what you want to write about so if yeah. I'm writing about sad and angry things I want to be sad and angry so I was like laying in my bedroom I had like sad music playing in my ear I went through a whole fucking experience where like I was like it was, it was not, it was not good, but it was good for my writing, <laughs> essentially. So I was like put in this like fucked up mindset, and I was like writing away. I wrote like I blasted through like seven pages, and then Dominic Jones like was trying to text me, being like, "Yeah, Bo Burnham's inside. It's good, but like you know that that it's not really any different than what else he makes." And I'm like, Dominic, I am not gonna fucking talk to you about this right now because I am pissed off. Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, so but anyway, yeah, watch Bill Brandon's inside. It's important. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. I I I I acknowledge this message. I I yes. I agree with this message. Alrighty, people. Bill Brandon inside, incredible. Moving on to the next item on the binge report. That being uh hold on. This is the fifth item. The fifth item on the binge report is Martin Scorsese's The Wolf of Wall Street. Thank fucking God you watched this movie, dude. <laughs> dude. Fucking yes. I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. I just know this movie's batshit, dude. Like, the the scene where, like, he fucking takes quaaludes, and then he's got to, like, drive home and, like, stop his friend from, like, talking to somebody. Because it's, it's a like, liar. Yeah, it's fucking awesome, dude. It's hilarious. 
<laughs> he's like, somehow I drive myself home correctly. And then like he gets into his house and he fucking confronts the dude. And then, like, there's a knock at the door and there's a bunch of police. Turns out he fucking <laughs> crashed into everything on his way there. Like, I mean, that's that's the standout scene for me that I always fucking remember and, I like, I laugh about sometimes. But, yeah, this movie is batshit crazy. Um, it's hilarious. It's I will say, dramatic. I, I, it's, it's I, will, I will say this. I put this under... Or, you know what? Oh, gosh, should I? Should I not? Maybe am I am I daring here? Am I daring? I want to put this either above. I want to put it next to Mad Max Fury Road. That's how bad shit it is. That's how crazy it yeah. is. Yeah. Like, I mean, would you put it above? Let me no, no, let me ask you Mad let me Max. ask you the question. Let me ask you the question. Do you do you put this above or below Mad Max Fury Road in terms of chaotic bat shit stuff? Like definitely definitely below. But okay, like, all right. I'm glad yeah, like, we're on the same Mad page. Max Fury Road is bad, is Mad Max Fury Road is bad shit in like a completely different way, right. like, <laughs> um, yeah. like, like this one's just like a fucking rig, like random ass dude, not random, but there's like just this guy just cheating Wall Street to become like super rich, where he can like literally just throw money at people and like not even care, um, and like just gets everything that he ever wanted, and then just destroyed yeah yeah <laughs> and like I, something something that i found interesting about this is like the the construction of this film is very out of time like the style and everything like the way everybody dresses like yeah. i think this went down in like the late 90s maybe the early 2000s i don't really know jordan belfort the guy in this film he, like the real guy actually the guy in real yeah. life like he's still alive and he's out of jail like he's He's good. <laughs> um, so, and he's not like super old or anything. I think he's like 59. And I think, yeah, this went down in, like the early 90s or late 90s, early 2000s, maybe the early 90s. I don't know. But it, it seems like this film was made set in like the 70s or 80s. Like when this guy was like 10, 20 years old. Like, it, it just feels like the, 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 the style of it is very like, Seems like it's trying to replicate like a seventies film, which that's the when setting. Martin Scorsese was making films. Yeah, like I mean, yeah. the setting seems like out of time. Like it's like set in the time when Martin Scorsese was making films like uh, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, uh, mm. King of Comedy. Like it seems like a lot like those sorts of films. But this like it's taking like a story that came from a completely different time and sort of injecting it into this style. I know I just put my hand like right in front of the, <laughs> the camera. But um, yeah, yeah. How dare so, you, Sean? This film's, right, this film's like crazy. It's entertaining. It's great. Leonardo DiCaprio should have gotten the Oscar for it. But like, you know, Matthew McConaughey, I guess, gave a pretty good performance at Dallas Buyers Club. So, yep. I guess Leo got it the year later for The Revenant. What's up? Footy. Here's my note, folks. Here's my note. <clears throat> As a film, it's fantastic. Leo kills it in this film. Although, by personal preference, I didn't really like it. I don't hate the movie. I don't hate the movie. I don't hate the movie. I just wouldn't put this on my favorites list. There are plenty of other Leonardo DiCaprio films that are on my favorites list, such as Inception, The Departed, Jang Unchained, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I have yet to rewatch the Titanic as I watched it as a kid, but never truly 
understood the plot, so I will watch it for reals soon. I can understand that this was based on a true story. Otherwise, that's that's how I feel. That's how I feel about it. I I agree with you. This is batshit crazy. I think this is a pretty f- funny comedy, sure. Uh, or no, not comedy. I wouldn't call it a comedy. I call it a drama. I'd probably call it a funny drama. It's got some. It's a drama with some really funny moments. Yeah. Also, <laughs> the, the Captain Ahab scene. I keep going to. I keep going back to that. Yeah. The book, motherfucker. The yeah. book. <laughs> right. <laughs> Turn your fucking brain on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some good. There's some good writing in this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I'd agree with you. Like, um, I think I would put it up there with Leonardo DiCaprio movies because, yeah. like, yeah, I think it is one of the better ones. Um, but yeah, I I can understand like the sort of not your favorite sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'd say it's my favorite, but um. It's definitely a movie that I think is uh, popular with people our age and a little bit older because of just how party culture it is, essentially. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like the fact that it's directed by Martin Scorsese is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I right. mean, I think this was Martin Scorsese when he was like 75. And he's just, it's just a movie all about like fucking partying and like money laundering. Like, getting a bunch of money from the stock market. It's like, it takes like the most uncool thing and makes it pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, uh, that's how I feel about the Wolf of Wall Street. Moving on to the, oh gosh, I can never, I can never. uh, Okay. Moving on to the sixth item on the binge report. That being Shane Black's The Nice Guys. I think I saw this one, but I don't really remember hmm. it because I saw it. I, I think I saw it once when I was like fifteen, sixteen. I heard it's really, really good. It's, it's Russell uh, Crowe and Russell, Ryan Gosling, right? It's it's you know what? It's one of Ryan Gosling's best work yet. That's what I'll say. Not yeah. yet. I mean, obviously, there's Blade Runner and La La Land, but I mean, this this was his performance. It's so fucking funny. And dare I say it, I enjoyed this more than Wolf of Wall Street. It was so, way more funnier than Wolf of Wall Street. I love yeah, it. Yeah. I love the nice That's guys. That's what I've heard. Yeah. That's what I've heard. I've heard. I heard it's a very enjoyable film. I think I, I think I have seen it. I just don't really remember anything about it. You want me to give you a? Maybe I want. You want me to give you a little synopsis, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, Holland March, played by Ryan Gosling, is a down on his luck private eye in 1977 Los Angeles. Jackson Healy, played by Russell Crowe, is a hired enforcer who hurts people for a living. Fate turns them into an into unlikely partners after a young woman named Amelia, played by Margaret Qualley. Did I pronounce that right? I don't know. I apologize. Uh, it's Quali. Quali. I'm sorry. Jesus. Uh, mister, uh, she mysteriously disappears. Healy and March sh- uh, soon learn the hard way that some dangerous people are also looking for Amelia. Their investigation takes them to dark places as anyone else who gets involved in the case seems to wind up dead. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it sounds familiar. Um, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so here's. Yeah, so, I, rem- I remember it. I remember it. Yeah. Here's so, I, I'm I'm gonna give you a little bit more. 
because you know i i honestly love this movie this was one of my favorites out of this week slash episode period uh as of watching it i very much enjoyed it i thought the chemistry was really good i thought the performances was really really good and uh yeah, no, I, I've i had my eyes on this movie for, like, a while now, but, like, I kept thinking, like, maybe I'll, I'll leave it for another day or leave it for another week or something. But, no, I'm so glad I finally watched it, and it turned out to be even better than I had hoped it would be. So. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. yeah. But that's about I, it. I hope I, I wish I could have talked more about it, but I... Don't that's okay remember all of the filmmaking in it because i think i saw it before i was super how, into filmmaking how the tables have turned ladies and gentle yeah. people but anyways uh oh um actually i do have two notes uh one first so first thing is obviously hilarious as soon as i was done with it uh but second of all uh, comparing it to Gunpowder Milkshake. So I don't know if you know anything about Gunpowder Milkshake, but I saw another poster uh, for the nice guys. That's the one with like Lena Headey and yeah, 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 other yeah. Like, British actresses. I I don't well, think it ma- matched. Yeah, I don't think it matched the style, but I don't know why. I felt like comparing it to it. I don't know why, but I wrote it down for some good reason. And this was a couple of days ago, so I can't remember why I wrote it down, but I wrote it down, so I I brought it up. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, people. We are going to move on to... God, I keep forgetting. All right, we're going to move on to the seventh item on the bench report. That being Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. <laughs> I hope you like this one because, like, I mean, it's very split based on what kind of movie watching you are. Mm. So, yes. Mm. So what, what did you think about this one? That, that was spooky scary. <laughs> it's very scary. I... Um, I look, but how did you like it as a film? As a film, I loved it. This the the cinematic the cinematography is one of the highlights of this film. It's second of all, shame. second of all, the uh, the the score, the score is thrilling. It gives you chills in your spines. It's ex- it's doing exactly what the hell it's supposed to do. Third of all, the performances. Jack Nicholson is chef's kiss. That guy's. Fourth of all, a point that I want to bring up though with The Shining, I was expecting it to be a little bit more scarier. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, the 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 scary from this movie kind of comes from the slow burn. So it's like from the suspense and like the building up of like Jack is getting a little bit fucking crazy, and then like it just kind of explodes at the end. Yeah. And like you know, also, also like you know, it's got the little bumps, like you know, when he goes into the room. I can't remember what the room number is. I'm, I'm I know I, I should seven? know it because I'm like supposed to be this room. What was it? Wait, are you talking about the the old lady or? Yeah, the old lady. two three seven. I think two three seven. Okay, because like I I know I should know that that fucking <laughs> that number because I'm a film dude. Well, I'm not. Can, well, I'll be honest, can, like. I, I want to stop you right there. You say that you should know this because you're you're like a film buff and all. In all honesty, though, unless if you rewatch it like five or six times, I don't expect people to like know, right? Like people say like, oh, do you remember this? And I'm just like, no, because I've only seen it once, right? And so that's why like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up. I'm sorry. But yeah, it's basically there is this fucking, there, there are some scary parts like throughout, like, you know, with the lady in the room. 
But mm. I think, because I, I will say, personally, for me, this is a masterpiece. This is one of yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the like best horror movies ever made. One of the most right. influential horror movies ever made. And but I will admit, it's not very scary. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. very off-putting. It's very like uncomfortable. Like you know, seeing fucking twins in a hallway. Very uncomfortable. Not really scary. Seeing them killed in the hallway. Very disturbing. Is it really scary though? I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I think the definite. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I would say it's thrilling. I don't. I wouldn't say it's scary. Yeah. I'd say it's thrilling. If anything, yeah. Like I think the definition of scary is a little bit too broad. Like, because like yeah. you know, if I if I leave a movie feeling disturbed, I'm not really scared. I'm just like, oh, that was. I don't feel very good. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I feel like I don't. I like. I mean, like I feel sick or whatever. Like that's what I come from watching The Shining more than like, oh, that was that was so scary, dude. That was so horrifying. Like, like I would say that like uh, Halloween is more like of a scary movie. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth is more of a scary movie, or Nightmare on Elm Street, or stuff like that. Like slashers. Like this one, it's very slow. It's very monotonous. It's very fucking, like, slow with its buildup. There's, like, a lot of moments where there's just two characters talking and you're just watching them talk and you're like, oh, my God, this is so boring. I just want shit to happen. And then it happens and you're like, oh, yes, that's what I wanted. Um, but, yeah, uh, there, there, there's a very, like, and I've heard several people say this, like, not film people, not film buffs, um, for a lot of, like, mass audiences just basic audience movie watchers they don't like the shining because it's too slow and it's too boring I, but with, i'll agree like with, with like them like <laughs> from a from a non-film you know because i mean i'm fucking filming for hey so like obviously i think this is a masterpiece yeah. but i mean from like from like a like a standard viewer's perspective yeah i agree this is i as a as a non if i can speak from like another perspective slash lens here i think this is one of the most boring movies i would have ever seen however <laughs> as a film as a film buff and just admiring the the work the style of everything the 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 score the the audio visually the cinematography is so pl pleasing to me and also like uh, i wanted to bring up when danny is is you know going through the halls on his bike and then there's like the the spook there's like the 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 scare of like the two twins like standing right there and then red rum mm -hmm. oh my god like i kept wondering why is he calling it red one why and then you see it in the mirror it's murder i'm just like oh yeah. okay i so, mean i mean that that that's been so like i mean I, this movie's also super fucking referential where like right, a right, lot right. of shit is referenced it so that was a hundred percent ruined for me going into the movie because I'm like, oh, Red Rum? I know why he's saying that because in the backwards, it's murder. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that is definitely like a Luke, I am your father moment, if I can say yeah. it. Hey. Anyway, it's, a very, it's a very big twist. It's a very big gotcha. But um, yeah, I mean, it was kind of like, imagine like going in to see Empire Strike Back and already knowing that fucking Darth Vader is Luke's father. It's like, yep. There you go. <laughs> there's the pop, there's the plot point. But yeah, and finally um, from that. And finally. And finally, I can actually say this while understanding the reference. 
here's Johnny. Right, right. Yeah, there you um, go. And that actually, lead, that actually leads to a part of the film that, as you said, that Jack Nicholson has an amazing performance in this. He does. Oh, yeah. I don't know if the character is... I mean, okay, that's, that's wrong. The character's great. But I don't want to say this. I think that he becomes mad a little bit too fast. I agree. Because, like, one second they move into the hotel and he's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm Jack Nicholson. So blah, blah, blah. Let me, I'm a writer. Let me, whatever. Let me, cool. uh, let me expand on that from my perspective here. So, <laughs> when, so the first scene, we see him, right? He's, you know, he seems like this chill guy, right? But then, like, like, in the next couple of scenes with him, when he's you know sitting at the typewriter, he gets pissed off at uh, Wendy, his wife. That's what I mean. Yeah. And and like and like from like one stamp from one point, I'm just like, hmm, okay, maybe he's like really focused. He doesn't want to be like, uh, you know, disturbed or anything. That makes sense. But then, to your point, yes, I agree. I think that he gets way too, he gets possessed way too soon. Like his possession mm-hmm. is just. It's it's not slow enough to like build up and be like oh my god something is happening you know, hold on something's wrong, like they 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 uh, needed to um what would you call it establish his character more right but before before the aftermath before his possession right so that's yeah because yeah. like it it just seems like he comes in he's just like yeah I'm supposed to be taking care of this hotel but I'm also supposed to write but his like wife's doing everything and then she's like after doing all of his shit. She walks in and she's like, hey, can I get you a sandwich? And he's like, every time you come in this room, you're breaking the concentration! How about you just get the fuck out? I'm like, okay, cool, dude. Wait. Like, I know. Uh, now, I'm, now am I supposed to like you now? Okay, cool. Like, I mean, I just think that if we, like, if, like, I mean, this is retrospect, because, like, you know, Stanley Kubrick is one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. And, yeah. Um, like, and he's also dead. But, like, I feel like this could have benefited from... Because, like, when, when Jack becomes mad and he starts axing down a door, I'm not like, oh, I never expected this. He just blew up at his wife, like, a few hours ago because she interrupted him while he was typing because she wanted to give him a sandwich. Like, I'm not really expecting him to be, like, a nice guy. Yeah. But, yeah. like, you know, I mean, I think he could have been a lot more effective if... They would have, like, made him, like, you know, maybe a good dad. Maybe, a, like, somebody who cares for his son and cares for his wife. And all of a sudden, bam, he's now axing down his wife's door trying to kill her and, and, and his son. And, like, there is sort of an explanation given to that being that he also has Shining, just not in the same way that Danny and, uh, um, what is his name? What is, what, what's, what's the black guy's name? Oh. Uh, I don't know. Hold on. Um, the caretaker, the kid, the caretaker with the shining. Oh like, no no no. Uh, I, Dick uh, Halloran. Dick Halloran. Yeah, Halloran. Um, and like, I mean, it's sort of explained. Like, I mean, that's what they kind of like band-aid it with because it's like, well, he's going crazy because he's seeing all these ghosts because he has the shining and he's freaking out. But he hasn't really seen any ghosts by that point or like seen anything weird. He's just going off because he can't write and i guess that's frustrating him i don't know but yeah i just think that jack could have been developed better but Mm -hmm. once we get to that point where he's like 
I don't know, like when he's talking with uh, the the bartender and like, you know, they're going back and forth. Like at that point, like, you know, the character starts to get like a little bit more developed and then you kind of understand that he's just going crazy, uh, <laughs> essentially. But anyway, great movie. Love it. Um, Stanley Kubrick, maybe not my favorite from him. I think The Clockwork Orange is a better film, but you know, Shining's still good. Mm. Like it. I don't agree with the people who think it's boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they just need to learn how to watch a slow burn. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Uh, all right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen, people. So, so that's what we thought. I liked it, right? Like, I, I finally did it. I finally watched The Shining. Honestly, yeah. and all you know what? Fucking uh, Ready Player One made it seem like it was gonna be way scarier. No, it's not even like that yeah. scary. Like, well, why? I <sighs> Ready Player One kind of boosts it with that. Like, yeah. they, I, like, it, 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 they make it seem like it's some sort of like house of horrors, yeah. and like Jack is like getting ready to axe down people at like every moment. It's right. not what happens at all in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to bring up though. I did write one thing. So before I watched The Shining, I had one. I had seen this one Key and Peele skit where uh, Jordan Peele is in this like buffet and like it's like what is it? The all you can eat like brunch thing. And the ending of The Shining, I just realized that's the that was it. Then, literally, that skit was The Shining, but, like, you know, it was funnier and all. And I was just like, hey, I understand this reference now. I'm not, a, I'm not familiar with the sketch. Okay, I will find I the sketch the for you. Of, I'll find it. I know the ending of The Shining is, like, basically him freezing to death in the hedge and then showing up in that picture with all the rest of the people. Hold on. Let's take this time for me to find... Also, if you watched The Shining... I do recommend watching Doctor Sleep, the director's cut. Ah, you know what? Because that's like a that's like a sequel to The Shining. I was about to say, I'm gonna watch it next oh, week. Oh, is that the second one? You no. <laughs> you can't get everything, Sean. I, you know what? This week, I'm not gonna lie. This episode, I have seen movies from like various filmmakers. You know what I'm saying? I gotta. It's a fruit salad up in here, man. It's a fruit salad. You got the continental breakfast. That's what it is. It's the continental breakfast. Oh my gosh, I love it. Oh, the continental breakfast. Yes. Sean is frozen now. Sean, you are officially frozen. Oh god, he's gonna look it up on his. I'm not frozen. Don't fucking lie to me. I'm not frozen. Uh, sporting an impressive conch. I don't know what that is rapturously discovers the free continental breakfast offered by his mid-range hotel. With increasingly increasing excitement, he encounters Fruit Loops, miniature muffins, and bananas, as though they were rare delicacies from assorted European countries. Uh, the joke, of course, is that the contra, the character's genuine delight, the offerings at most hotel continental breakfasts are from far European. Far from European. Why are such morning buffets called continental breakfasts anyway? Um, Okay, it doesn't. Wait, what? I don't know where it says anything about The Shining, but no, I'll you have to later. go to the end of the sketch. Okay, fine. Go to go to. Th okay, are you on Key and Peele Continental Breakfast? 
guess. Okay, go to 350. Oh, okay, I see it. I see it. Yeah, you see it? Yeah, it's the pictures. Yeah. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, people, it's time to move on to the eighth item on the Vinge Report. Sean, I hope you're ready. Because this one, uh, this 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 one was recommended to me on the very first episode of Fatay's Filming Fridays. This is going to be really exciting. Ladies and gentlemen, people, I've officially seen. I cannot <laughs> pronounce his last name correctly, so I apologize. Alejandro G's Birdman. Good. Very good. <laughs> that pleases me. That no, pleases me. <laughs> yeah. Alejandro G and RE2. And RE2, sorry. Uh, yeah, he's uh, part of the big three Mexican directors. He's a... Uh, um, I think he's actually from Spain, mm. but, uh, that, that might be false information, but him, Guillermo del Toro and Alfonso Cuaron are uh, mm. all good buddies who make amazing films. So, uh, I'm here, here's yes, what I'll say before Birdman. you start <laughs> talking about everything. First of all, I fucking love it. I love Dude. it. The, the direction, the cinematography, obviously the acting, the music too. Oh my gosh, the the score. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't see films like these every day. That's what I'll say. I think that the because this this one did the one shot a yeah. lot. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not, not a it's, lot. These throughout like, the entire film, it's a one shot. It's throughout the it's throughout the entire film, but it's it, there are obviously cuts. Yeah, like like. Like, I mean, it's like, it's not like 1917 where it was like, um, it was cheated to look like it was two continuous shots. Like this one literally cut at some point. So they did the one shot a lot in this film. They blended it. And I it think it's the first. A lot. Yeah. Like you can, I you can tell, first... you can tell as it, sorry, I, I apologize for interrupting you. As a film buff though, you can tell which, at what be at what point that right. they cut to the next shot. Right. Like. Literally, just like, you know, if you get a frame of black or, you know, like, frame on one color or, like, somebody's back or whatever. Or when they're what going... Do is have them stand back in front of the camera and then change everything. When they crane <laughs> shot up to the sun and then they come back down when it's, like, nighttime. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I think this was the first film that I had seen that sort of um, tried the one shot uh, as, like throughout the whole film and like you know it it, it it is important it's an important film um at least for me in terms of like me as a filmmaker mm -hmm. um that being said and i don't want to take too much away from it i think boyhood was better not better but it was because this one best picture boyhood is higher on my list for me because this definitely is this definitely deserved best picture. But when I remember when I was watching the Oscars and I was like, I want Boyhood to win, because uh, Boyhood was a movie about a kid, a kid growing up, and they came back every year for twelve years to film, uh, and as he was growing up, so it was like the same actors getting twelve years older, which was like mind blowing for me. I was like, whoa, how did they even do this? And I was like. Just had to come back every every year, but that that's besides the point, right? Uh, yeah, Birdman, 
amazing cast. I think Edward Norton is the most lovable, hateable one in this. <laughs> lovable if you're if you like bad care if you like characters that suck. Yeah, 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 and yeah they yeah, suck. Yeah. Is you, you hate them? Because um, like I mean I think I think what stands out for me in that film is like he he's with his like girlfriend or is she his girlfriend or his wife? I can't even tell. Like I think it's his girlfriend. Yeah, because they're doing the the love scene in the play. Yeah, and he's like, uh. it, it, like in their actual in their actual lives, he can't get an erection. But then when he's on stage in a rehearsal, he's like, suddenly I'm ready to have sex on stage, and it's like, dude, you're a fucking awful person. <laughs> and then like immediately after going through all of that, he bitches at uh, what's his name? What's my Michael Keaton's name? Riggin. That's all I can remember. Riggin? Oh, Riggin. I, I just remember that, like, immediately after that whole scene with his girlfriend, he, like, immediately just goes up to Riggin. He's just like, I can see the orange on your gut! How am I supposed to act well if I can see that it's fake? <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, it's funny because <laughs> I, I looked up the list and literally his name is Birdman. That's it. Uh, I, I, his name's like Riggin Thompson in the film. Yeah, Riggin Thompson. Um, but uh, yeah, and I think another. I think it was also also another big part of this film for me was the fact that it doesn't. It ends happily, but the character has to literally like sacrifice, like a lot to get his happy ending, and he literally has to shoot his fucking nose off. Like I mean. It made it made it look like he shot his head, but he shot yeah. his nose off. But um, <laughs> and then like you know, like the that final scene, like it always confused me growing up, but now I kind of understand it. Like you know, he jumps out the window, and like you know, his daughter busts in, and he looks down, and he's not there, and he's flying he's in the up. sky apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but you like you know, you could see it as like he flew away, which is kind of a like what the fuck or. You could see it as he jumped out the window and died, and then she like is like, yeah. Now he's now he's flying. Now he's where he wants to be. Or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But like, yeah, those two things in the ending, very like was like, whoa, like I've never seen anything like this. But you know, I started getting into good films when I was like twelve. So, mm. right. Take that as you will. Yeah. <laughs> sure. All right. All, yeah, I yeah. Once again, I loved it. Um, I think it's fantastic. All right, finally, the ninth item on the binge report is Steven Spielberg's "Catch Me If You Can." Very very nice. Is this one? Is this on your better Leonardo DiCaprio movies? Indeed, it is. Good. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, gives. Yeah, yeah. He probably gives one of the best performances I've seen in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you, you kind of got it if you're going to be as charismatic as a dude. But, uh, like, Because, like, the original Frank Abagnale, like, the shit that he did in real life is exactly like what you see in the fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Like, dude had to be the most charismatic man alive <laughs> to just, like, pretend to be an air, like an airplane pilot and pretend to be a lawyer and pretend to... Was he a doctor in this as well? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, he was a doctor. To be, just to be everything that you need, like, years of qualifications to do. 
But yeah, I think, uh, yeah, this film's great. Like, I fucking, I think it's uh, super important. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, yeah. Dare I say it? Not, okay, since, we're, since there's a bunch of true story films that we have discussed, I might be, you know, stepping over the line here by saying this, but I truly believe that Catch Me If You Can is better than Dunkirk and uh, Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, it's like, it's not even in the same ballpark as Dun- Dunkirk. Dunkirk's right. trying to be some serious period piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Wolf of Wall Street, I think this is definitely a more accessible film than Wolf of Wall Street. As in, like, if you're 10, you probably shouldn't watch The Wolf of Wall Street, but you'd be fine watching Catch Me If You Can. Like, I mean, hmm. like, is there still sex in Catch Me If You Can? Well, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's not like... <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, it's not out. front and center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I think uh, Catch Me If You Can is definitely a more charismatic film, for lack of a better word. I think it's a film that a lot of people can watch and enjoy, while Wolf of Wall Street is a film that people might watch and be like, ew, or watch and be like, whoa, or watch and be, or watch and enjoy it, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is just an all around more. Uh, personable film yeah. and i think it's hilarious like that one scene where like he's on the airplane and somehow he escapes through the toilet like, <laughs> like i'm like how the fuck did he even do that <laughs> exactly i was just like what and jeez man but no dude freaking tom hanks and leonardo dicaprio man it's fantastic. I love this. I, will, I love Catch Me If You yeah. Can. I've been wanting to watch this yeah. movie. I, I, I've i been wanting to watch it since it was on Netflix, and then it left Netflix, and it was on Paramount Plus, and then I finally watched it, and I loved it. So, Yeah. I think... Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, Tom Hanks is not a real character, or not a real person. He was like the combination of two different FBI agents or something. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. All right. Yeah. yeah. So what I wrote was fantastic teen movie. That's what I did write. So yeah, I agree with you. I think this is more accessible. I think this is this is the kind of movie that you watch in the summertime or like, you know, when you're getting together after school or something. Like this is the kind of movie that you'd watch. And it's really good. I I think it's the definition of a Spielberg film before he kind of became too uh Transformers. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. Well, that Steven Spielberg has nothing to do with Transformers. Well, mm, I mean, <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves. Like, I digress. Uh, like not like not to like start a different conversation, but I don't think Ready Player One is all that good. Uh, no, I agree. I'm not yeah. even gonna. No, I'm not even gonna argue with you. Uh, like, right? <laughs> like I think I think as like for like someone who wants like a fun spectacle like Transformers or or Tron or avatar i think ready player one is fun but i don't think it's a good film at all Dude, I, I think tron is better than fucking ready player one honestly tron legacy like, you think tron, tron legacy, legacy is better than tron legacy wow yeah. okay yeah <laughs> no no like, I'm tron legacy you would even like, say something like that sheesh like like tron legacy is like boring but at least i watched it and i was like whoa like ready player one is sort of Bent on the fact that they have all of these '80s characters. There's and too many things in going on in Ready Player One. There's right. too many things. Like I mean, like like Ready Player One is sort of that film where it's just like, 
hey, I know that from my childhood, or I've seen that before. That's the same thing that happened in Space Jam. It is, but, like, at least in Space Jam, it was a fucking bad movie. So, like, I enjoyed it. Like, in Ready One, Steven Spielberg, I was like, this is a serious-ass film. And, like, it's, like, where we're going in the future. So we need to be, like, mindful about video games and VR and not leaving the real world. Or Space Jam is just like, (laughs) you need your vegetables. (laughs) I mean, look, in all honesty, I really liked how... Uh, I really liked how Steven Spielberg did use VR to make the Ready Player One. I liked it, but yeah, I, th- I think just, just it the film is definitely itself a cool was, technique. I just think the film itself was just mm, it. It could have been more. It, work. It's it's too long and the, there's too much. There's not. I don't know. It's it's a little it's a little boring and it shouldn't be boring. <laughs> well. But, I, that's yeah, not what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, let's digress. We're talking let's about catch not. me if you can. <laughs> yeah, catch me if you can. I. When I when I saw Catch Me If You Can, I felt like this is the same kind of quality that I got from watching The Terminal. Like that's the yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's the kind of quality that I got from there, and that's why I can't wait to watch West Side Story. I can't wait to watch it. Ooh, actually, I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah, one. not gonna lie, I got a soft spot for fucking Broadway musicals that are turned into movies. Yeah, that's all I gotta say. Hmm. <laughs> That's all you gotta say. Rob. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> uh, what? What? Which, oh, um, in the Heights. In the Heights was awesome. Oh. Oh, did you, did you hear about the new Disney film that's coming out? Oh, Encanto. It's gonna come out. Encanto. Yeah. 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 Dude, I'm hella. That one actually that. looks pretty cool. Oh. I yeah. saw the I saw the trailer today. But is there any more on your binge list? Mr. Fate. Unfortunately, I spent all day playing Minecraft with my friendo because uh, one thing that I do want to bring up is uh, today is International Friend Day. So, uh, happy International Friend Day, buddy. My friend, right? Right? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I played Minecraft with my friend. We hadn't, like, we hadn't talked or we we haven't, like, hang out. We haven't hung out in, like, weeks. So, we were like, oh, you know what? Let's play some Minecraft. I got my computer up and running and everything. Uh, but I was going to watch, and this is a spoiler, but by the time the next episode comes out, you won't even remember this and you'll still be in shock and awe. Uh, I was going to watch the original Tron this week. I was going to watch it today, but unfortunately. I will say, if you are looking for a film that is like, what's the word? It's like, I don't know. What I'm going to say is like Tron is in my top 10 favorite films of all time. Oh, shit. But it, but it is fucking janky as hell because it literally created CGI in some aspects. Mm. Like there are there is CGI in this I film Carter, that yeah. is practical somehow. Yeah, there's like CGI in this film that is somehow practical still. And it's like, whoa. Like, honestly, Tron... Is, I, I don't know where I would put it. Like, I, I definitely, like, in my top five, it's the one, I basically, I move stuff up based on what I can remember. So, like, number one, Whiplash. Number two, Juno. I think Tron might be number three because that's the one that comes into my mind more, more most often. But then, like, you know, maybe sometimes I'll think, I'll be like, actually, uh, fucking The Shining, maybe that was better than Tron, and then I'll put Tron up or whatever. But... I'd say at least in my top five. Damn. Okay. I see. <laughs> I see. Uh, but no, 
uh, that's it for the Avenger part this week. Honestly, I I hope I surprised you this week or this episode. You did surprise me a few times. I wasn't as like oh as I was last week because like Slumdog Millionaire was one of them, and that <laughs> one was something you needed to watch. The All Departed right. was one of them. Uh, what, what I don't remember what the other ones. Were, Reservoir Dog. Day with the Mad Max. Oh, I didn't. I was Day. Mad Max Fury Road. Independence Day <laughs> and and uh, Mad Max. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those were the ones that got me off guard. Oh, also Terminator uh, Two, Judgment Day, and Terminator Two. Finally, yeah, that was good. <laughs> Are there? I mean, I will not guarantee I will watch them, but what would be some films that would shock you? Um, and in that case, I will not watch them this week because then that won't that will ruin the surprise. So think very carefully. Uh, I got. I don't really know. Like, there are films definitely that, like, because I don't really remember what you haven't watched anymore. Like, if you had, okay, so, okay, want, wa- okay, actually, you wanna... there is one film, there is one film that I'd be really fucking surprised if you watched it oh. just one random week, and that's Moulin Rouge, because that is also in my top five favorite films. And it is one of the most, like, divisive movies because you either fucking think it's stupid or you really like it i really like it but i also know it's kind of stupid but i love it so it's like in my top five so i see i see uh okay here's what we're gonna do now so i'm gonna i'm gonna go back to the main cam here so here's what we're gonna do we're gonna take uh, maybe five minute break but i if you want to sean just for the sake of it, because technically, if I had seen Tron, I would have been, there would have been a total film, like, the the total amount of movies that I would have seen. Like, right now, I'm at a total of 679. Holy shit. So, I'm thinking, if I go back to my binge list what during the break and take them out, would you be interested in me reading it out to you and see, like, what we have left, or... Do you want me to just Not surprise all 679. you? No, 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 no. I'm talking about my binge list, though. What I have left to watch. Oh. Uh. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, people, we're gonna go to break. I'm gonna uh, take everything off that I have seen, and then we'll get into this. Anyways, so, ladies and gentlemen, people, we will see you all at, if I can remember math, uh, at a uh, 601. Alrighty, people. Kingdom Hearts. Oh, he's still playing Kingdom Hearts. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Goodness me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, people, welcome back. Kingdom Hearts on critical mode. I hope you all <laughs> are having a fantastic time. If not, I apologize. Okay. I hope. You'll feel better with what we have to say. So, ladies and gentlemen, people, it's time to... Oh, wait. I forgot to delete this one because I've seen this one. So, ladies and gentlemen, people, we are going to go through the list of things that I have yet to see. Things I have left to see. Uh, Sean, are you ready? I'm going to wait on you because I know you're fucking playing Kingdom Hearts on freaking what? Uh, PS5. No, no, no. On what difficulty are you playing it on? Critical mode. Critical mode, of course you are. All right. So are you ready? 
Okay, here we go. Mm-mm. So here is uh, the movies list, the movies that I've yet to see. So here we go. The Usual Suspects, Honey Boy, Hail Caesar, Uncut Gems, 1917, Heat, K-Pax, Pay It Forward, The Shipping News, The Disaster Artist, Akira, El Mariachi, Desperado, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, uh, Fistful of Dollars, A Few Dollars More, for A Few Dollars More, sorry, uh, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, um, Interstellar, Memento, The Prestige, uh, Insomnia, Inglorious Bastards, The Hateful Eight, Jackie Brown, Goodfellas, The Irishman, uh, good lord it is, uh, Hugo, King of Comedy, Raging Bull, El Mariachi, Sin City, A Knight's Tale, Brokeback Mountain, Old Boy, The Original, Moon, Matchstick Man, The Rock, Raising Arizona, Little Rascals, uh, Uncle You Buck. don't have to watch Little Rascals. <laughs> Someone wrote it here. That was probably fucking... That was you, because uh, somebody said the Little Rascals on the fucking stream, and then you were like, gotta look at this. It, ha- it has to be Dominic, mm-hmm. then. It has to be Dominic, because he was the only person that was ever in here. Yeah, that's gotta be Dominic. Okay, uh, where was I? Uh, Uncle Buck, Menace to Society, uh, Whiplash, A Wonderful Life, Christmas Story, Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, uh, The Muppets, Boogie Nights, There Will Be Blood, Three Billboards, but, oh wait, Best of Show, we, we can take that off because I have seen the Best of Show. The Fly, Old Boy in Korean, uh, Fast Times. You have that on there twice. Did I? You said Old Boy the original, and then you said Old Boy Korean. That's that's the original Old Boy. Oh really? Oh okay. Well, in yeah. that case, all right. Uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Sixteen Candles, Lion, Dogma, Sweeney Todd, Point Break, Total Recall, Documentary Now, Analyze This, Analyze That. Unbre- did I say Unbreakable? Twice. You did. I did. Gosh Twice. darn it! All right. No Country for Old Men. Uh, train spotting and two if you want sure midnight cowboy apocalypse now 300 the sandlot les miserables uh the good the bet didn't i already have this you might have you said the fifty yeah. dollars earlier yeah, yeah, yeah i already did that okay the girl with the dragon tech two yeah that's definitely dominic uh eight mile jack all the jackass films Allergy, um, <laughs> Citizen K- The Jackass films aren't really films. They're just them doing fucking sh- crazy shit. Uh, well, you know, I think it'd be fun because Jackass uh, Forever is coming out at some point. That'd be fun. Yeah. I mean, I watched the Fast and Furious films and those aren't really good films. So, I mean, hey. I uh, mean, but those are at least films. Mm. Like, Jackass is just... That's just a... The oh, with a, just a two hour it doesn't have a plot, show. basically. That's what you're saying. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Wizard, uh, Citizen Kane, The Wizard of Oz, uh, Cloud Atlas, The Thing, Fight Club, Mister Nobody, Dallas Buyers Squad, Rush. There's something about Mary, Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene, uh, Tenacious D, The Pick of the Movie, um, Signs, Ooh, Split. <laughs> Looks good. Uh, Glass, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, 
ready or not, grease, uh, Saturday Night Fever, Hairspray, Holes, Pinocchio, Alien, Aliens, uh, Darkest Hour, The Princess and the Frog, Remember the Titans, Safety, Sister Act, Dolomite is My Name, Selma, 42, Get Out, Us, Moonlight, Menace to, Menace to Society again? Oh my gosh. Uh, Boys in the Hood, 12 Years a Slave, The Color Purple, Jackie Brown. Is that, oh, that's once again, again. Uh, Black Dynamite, Do the Right Thing, Hardball, Ray, Dope, Sorry to Bother You. And those are all the films, on the binge list at least. There are definitely films on there that you need to watch, and there's definitely films on there that you don't need to watch, and then there's films I haven't even heard of. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. You know what? I, I'm we not even... Know, yep. We all know if it tastes exciting to see Paw Patrol the movie. <laughs> I'm still going to watch it. Don't, don't think that like I'm joking <laughs> around here. I'm actually going to watch it for reals. I will watch it. Because... Oh, why? Because there's a story that needs to be seen. Okay. Anyways, I'm not even going to bother with... Jacob said he was going to go see Paw Patrol the movie. Oh, really? All right. You know what? You, you, you pick me up. I'll go watch it with him. How about that? How does that sound? <laughs> uh, anyways. Okay. I'm not even going to bother with TV series because that's just another ballpark here. I'm... PC series is difficult because that's like, that's not a movie. That's T like, Another thing, can I just say something? TV series, I feel like if I am going to do a series and binge a series, I think I can't watch movies then for like that period of time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I want to be invested I, in it. I yeah. don't want to be like, you know, worrying like, oh, but then I have to watch this, I have to watch that. That's how I was feeling this week. And so. Yeah. I mean, like, think about it this way. Like, mm. all of the Game of Thrones, that's, like, fucking 80 hours of film watching. I play, Or that's, like, 80 hours of watching the TV series. You know how long it took me to finish Kingdom Hearts 1? 44. Half of that. Also, not that's to mention, not, not to mention, I have yet to finish, I have to finish Last of Us Part 2. That's also another thing. I got video games too in the mix. I finished. Well, I mean, you finished, you met, you finished like The Last of Us in like a day. So like, ah, uh, well, I'd say two or three days. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. I'm not a freaking. Also, I think I played it on easy. So obviously I played it in like, finished in two or three days. But no, I've been taking my time with last. Why did you two. play it on easy? Because I wanted to get through it quickly. No wonder you blazed through all of it, dude. Never mind. You know what? Fucking level I'm playing Kingdom Hearts on the hardest level possible, all of them, and I finished three games in how many weeks? Like a month. There, ah. there oh. are some. There are some shows on the list that like are like only one season and I just want to binge them in like the next two weeks. That's kind of how I'm feeling right now, but I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah, you do what you want. I don't know. Whatever you're eating. I'm not eating anything. Why? I'm not hungry. Is Little Drip there? Yeah. yeah. Okay. He called you Little Drip. When? Just a second ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
Ah, there he is. Hey, Jacob. Hi, Jacob. <laughs> okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, people, we're going to move on to the main show, shall we, Sean? Shall we do that? Should we do that? Yes. Maybe? Okay. Yes. All right. Here we go. The first, uh, the first topic on the show is, if I can get this to work and everything, uh, Pokemon live action series and development at Netflix. This is by Matt TM Kim. Uh, Netflix is working on a live action Pokemon series headed up by Lucifer's Joe Henderson. According to Variety, Henderson is slated to write and executive produce the live action adaptation. He is currently the co showrunner on Netflix's popular Lucifer series based on the DC comic. Really? I didn't even know that. Uh, I might have to watch that then. Uh, reports say the series is aiming to replicate Detective Pikachu a 2019 live-action Pokemon movie starring Ryan Reynolds and Justice Smith, which is also a video game, may I may I say? I, I haven't played the it game, is. but I know it's a video game. I know that much. It's probably, it's probably the best video game movie ever made, honestly. Oh, whoa. Really? Yeah. I mean, there's not really a high bar for that. The second best is like Mortal Kombat, the original, not even the new one. Damn. And that's not even good. But I don't think Detective Pikachu really follows the plot of the game, really, though. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. I don't think so. so it's not. It's it's not really. It's based on the game, game, but it's not like taking the story of the game. game. Yeah. Right. But anyways, uh, Sean, what, what do you think of this news? I mean, to be fair, even though I said it was the best video game movie of all time. Wasn't really huge on Detective Pikachu. That being said, I think mass audiences will love this, especially Pokemon fans, because, like, I don't know, it's Pokemon. Pokemon's, like, the most successful fucking Japanese import ever. Like, it's gonna be big. It's gonna be... It's gonna... People are gonna fucking watch the shit out of it, so... Yeah. I'm not really that excited... Probably won't watch it. Dominic Jones probably will and be like, Oh my god, they put Giratina in this. <laughs> oh my god, they, 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 they did a Nana collect Pokemons. Oh my god, Pikachu, you see on the tail? That means it's a female. And I'll be like, cool, whatever. Awesome. Because <laughs> I'm not really a Pokemon fan and I'm not really a fan of making things cartoon into live action. But, you know, probably will be popular. So. Space Jam. <clears throat> I mean... <laughs> I don't know. That wasn't like, a, yeah, that wasn't really an example of a good movie, but. Here, John. Did you make me? You made me enchiladas. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh. Oh my god. That's so sweet of him. Oh my gosh. Look at thank that. you. Thank you, Jacob. You're Damn. welcome. I ain't getting shit. I had a cake, but that's it. Ah, <laughs> uh, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, people, let's move on to the second topic at hand here. That being. Scarlett Johansson sues Disney over Black Widow contract breach. There is oh, an update. Uh, this is by Wesley LeBlanc and Matt TM Kim. This was updated today, actually, at 3.28 p.m. Uh, here we go. Uh, okay, so here's the update here. Let me read you the update if I can get it here. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Uh, okay, Scarlett Johansson's talent agency, creative artist agency, 
has issued a response to Disney's statement, which called the actor's lawsuit, quote, sad and distressing. In a statement to Variety, CAA uh, co-chairman Brian Lord said says that Disney has, quote, shamelessly and falsely accused Ms. Johnson, Johansson sorry, of being insensitive to the glo- global COVID pandemic in an attempt to make her appear to be someone they and I know she isn't. What? Uh, Lord also... I didn't hear you. Uh, Lord also pushed back... Okay. Uh, Lord also pushed back at uh, Disney's decision to include her salary into its statement as, quote, an attempt to weaponize her success as an artist and businesswoman as if that were something she should be ashamed of. Scarlett is extremely proud of the work that she and all of the actors, writers, directors, producers, and the Marvel creative team have been a part of for well over a decade. Huh. I mean... Honestly, this is just another example of Disney being shitty and being uh, sort of sexist in a way. Because, like, I feel like if Robert Downey Jr. was just like, yo, what the fuck? They'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. We'll, 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 we'll pay you more. But, like, just because, like, because, like, I think the story is, is, like, literally in her contract, it says that most of the money that she's going to make, or, like, she'll get, like, a percentage of the theatrical run of Black Widow. So it releasing both in theaters and on streaming hurts the theatrical run because people might most will likely watch it at home. Right. So, like, she definitely has a fucking case and she definitely has reason to be upset and sue, but Disney's just trying to paint her as some sort of, like, oh, she's just, she's just trying to make a buck. No, you, she literally has in her contract that she's supposed to be making a lot on, on the theatrical run. And if, like, she's put money into the production, like, if she's an executive producer, like, putting money into the production, damn right she should fucking be wanting more money. She should be one of the ones making the most money out of it. But putting it on this Disney streaming service just makes Disney money. And, you know, sure, she'll probably get a cut of that as well, but, like, significantly less than a theatrical release. So, yeah, Disney's being shitty. And, um... Uh... I think it, she's completely justified in her uh, lawsuit. I agree. And in all honesty, I have not seen Black Widow yet. And I might not. Jacob see- saw it. Did he, did Jacob he, saw Black Widow. Do you think it was good? Yeah. Did you think it was good? No. It was all right. That's what he said. It was all right? Okay. Uh, you know what? Let me. Are let me. So, a lot of it was reading. A lot of it was what? Reading, because half of it. Because it's in Russian. Because it half in Russian. Oh, please. Try watching Parasite, my dude. Seriously. Uh, he said, try watching Parasite, which anime? is a foreign film. No, it's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> only only, only the, the chosen ones. Such as me and Sean can understand this talk. Well, not really, because Parasite's one of the most successful foreign films ever. I couldn't agree more. Like it's one of the foreign films that actual Americans actually watch. Uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, people, I want to tell a story, uh, a true story. Uh, it was a very traumatizing experience for me, John. Uh, <coughs> what was? 
Uh, it was really, it was really rough for me, man. I'm not gonna lie. It was, uh, really awful for me. Like I really felt like in a state of not depression, but distress. I felt like I was, I don't know, man. It was a really awkward situation. So I, so I, I finally got my, my 4k cable box. Right. And so I'm stuck. So, so I've also got the, the HD TV box. Sitting right there. So I decided, hey, you know what? I'm free today. Let me take it to the Xfinity store. So I take it there just to return it. And then they say, please have a seat. So you have to sit there on a couch, right? Nice and comfy with the TV over there. Uh, and they're playing a movie. And uh, there's only one seat open in front of the TV. So I'm like, okay, let's sit there. And then I glance at the TV and guess what's playing? Guess what the people at the Xfinity store in Santa Rosa decided to play? Black Widow. They decided to play Black Widow on Disney Plus in front of my face, Sean. You do not understand the amount of trauma that I had to go through just to... I couldn't have plucked my ears harder than I had before, Sean. The last 20 minutes were playing with the end credit scene and everything, and I was just like, I cannot look at this. And thank God I, I mean Right. I mean, that's, that's kind of crazy. Like, Xfinity probably should could have, like, they might have had, like, a contract to be able to do that. Because, like, that's, like, like, they're playing it at the Xfinity store for free. So, like, anybody can go in and, I mean, granted, nobody's going to be in at the Xfinity store for, like, two and a half hours. But, like, Xfinity probably, and, and, like, for that store, they probably, like, either they were doing it illegally or they were... Uh, had some sort of contract with fucking Disney Plus, but you know, not to get too deep into it. <coughs> but yeah, I can understand I, how that would be traumatizing for you. I was blasting. Uh, how long? I don't know how long. How much left on the podcast? Oh man, we got a <laughs> bunch. Why? What's going on, man? Jacob wants to play The Walking Dead, and I don't know how to read. <laughs> you don't know how to okay. Read. Well, and okay. You know what? In that case, then let's just let's let's just speed through this. Then, if that's the case, <laughs> I sh okay, Jacob. We might get done with this hopefully by seven. I but at the least, I don't seven. take my words. <laughs> well, this is well, serious we, show, Jacob. We, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve stories left. It's fine. Jacob can survive. No, I okay. Can't. I'm going to cry. Pull my toes. No. I want, <laughs> hey, if you can stay patient with us, I won't call you a little drip anymore. What? You he didn't hear that. <laughs> 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 but it's uh. fine. I'm yeah, wait, I'm cool. yep. We literally do this happen. show twice. Than you, here. you got stringy hair. I got Luca hair. You got pasta hair. <laughs> why, are you, why are you roasting me? Oh my what god. What do you mean you have pasta hair, dude? You have pasta hair. You literally have fucking twists, dude. No, you have little stringy like spaghetti. <laughs> right. And you have fucking twists. What I twist. Oh, okay. right. Yeah, yeah. We gotta right. finish the podcast. Right. Yeah, we got. We got to. <laughs>
Well, okay. <laughs> that was a fun moment there. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, people, the next topic on the main show is Daddy Feige reportedly angry and embarrassed at Disney over Scarlett Johansson's lawsuit. Uh, this is coming by... Yeah, it should be. Fucking Disney's being a piece of poopy. I mean, this is coming from, like, Disney's number one fan who, like, watches all their shit. Like, not Star... But, like, except Star Wars and Marvel because I think they're getting a little bit too over the top. But, like, fucking... Dude, my favorite game is a game where a kid is literally exploring Disney worlds. Dude, I am a Disney lover. And, like, a lot of people will be like, oh, that means you're a racist, or that means you're a fucking sexist, or that means that you are against uh, Jews or whatever. And I'm like, nah, I just like Disney. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know they're a multinational company who, like, are fucking crazy. Right, it's like loving Harry Potter. Gross, but... Right, but, like, not agreeing with J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think Disney's been poopy. And I think they yeah. need to stop being poopy. And Kevin Feige is completely justified in being angry and embarrassed because uh, he is the head of Marvel's uh, creative uh, endeavors and whatever. Mm. Um, and yeah, he's, he's basically Big Papa in the fucking Marvel thing right now. Um, so yeah, I think uh, he should... He has a right to be angry with how they're treating Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, it, it does say that it does say here that like, uh, try, he tried to get Disney to make this right with her and all, and and all in all honesty, I I said this way before Fatih's Family Fridays was even a thing. They ne- they need to like bring it bring the price down on the premiere access. Bring it to like right. fifteen or like ten at the least. I mean seriously. Right. I don't understand. Some people live alone. Some people have two or three people. That does not justify $30. With $30, I could buy like a couple of games from from, from GameStop or even like I could buy a whole meal more than a meal with with $30. I could buy a family meal with $30. Right. You know how much it was to buy me, my uncle, and my cousin food from Chick-fil-A? $30. Yes. Okay. No, nothing. I was, I was trying to listen what what he was saying in the background. But, yeah, no, I agree. Honestly, they need to fix it because $30... I want to know who's paying the $30. I mean, obviously, people who are, like, well-settled and everything, but sure. I mean, but. They're, they're, they're people who are, like, fucking, like, oh, I don't want to go to the movie theater. I just want to sit at home and watch it as soon as possible. Those are the people paying for it. And the problem is, is, like, they might be, like, oh, I've got the money and I can do it. But that's making Disney be, like, oh, then it must be okay. We're making money off of it, and it's, it's warranted. If fucking everybody was just, like, I'm not going to spend $30. Like, because, like, even, like, when the first movie who did this, which did this, which was Mulan, came out. Yeah. And fucking Dominic and his girlfriend watched it. And I was, like, why the fuck are you doing that? They're like, because we wanted to watch it. And I was, like, but you spent $30 on a movie that's not even good. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my god! I haven't even seen like, it yet, but like for a, for it's not, and it's not even like you can watch the movie multiple times. It's a one-time fucking watch because it becomes free in the next few months. So like people who pay for premiere access are just asking 
to get their wallets like assaulted by Disney. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, I guess they don't care because like, I have the money to do it, and like you know, whatever. It's not like I'm watching Disney Plus every other day or anything. I mean, like, why should I care? Maybe because I, I care about the fucking future of movies and TV. And honestly, know. and honestly, like Ryan the Last Dragon, I haven't seen it yet. And sure, it's not such a big film that like, oh, it's gonna get spoiled. But I mean, like, I haven't been spoiled at all. That would be the main concern is that oh, I want to watch it as soon as possible so I don't get spoiled. It's been like what? a month or so since Black Widow has come out, and I still haven't seen it, and I don't know what the ending is. I don't know what anything is. So, right. so yeah, I don't yeah. know, man. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to move on to the next topic because we have to move along. Also, I want to make this clear. I don't think we're going to do a bin spin anymore because I feel like uh, I might want to surprise you a little <laughs> bit. It, you know what I'm saying? Because I fucking like, call you out every time you're like, oh, I'm in the bin spin today, and I'm like, yeah. Mr. Like, I'm going to do the binge spin, but now watch Raising Kratos instead. <laughs> God, you can't. Oh, my gosh. You know what? No, I'm going to watch The Last of Us Grounded, the making of The Last of Us, one of the biggest masterpieces of the video game industry. So, well, I mean, I mean, the mo one of the more recent ones. Honestly, Last of Us deserves all the praise that it gets. Yes. I think gamers are the worst kind of people fucking imaginable and. Well, like I mean, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying like, hey, all gamers just don't. take what. <laughs> I mean, not all gamers <laughs> not, are like I mean, that. Not fine. Not all gamers. Whatever. Yeah. But I feel, but I feel like the motherfuckers who are like, yo, Last of Us Two is bad because it didn't go the way I wanted it to, and they're like comparing it to the ending of Game of Thrones, which was rushed and like forced to end because they didn't want to do it anymore. Like, Daddy Druckmann. Daddy Druckman. Yes. He just wanted to make a fucking game that didn't do what you wanted it to do all the time, and that was good. That's fine. That's where she, we should be going with art, pushing the envelope. And I don't mean to go on a fucking Last of Us Two rant, <laughs> but dude, like the fuckers who are just like, just because this this character died and I didn't want him to die, it makes you back it. And it's like, no, it's a good game because it's not fucking catering to your fucking imagination and what you wanted that's that's the end of my last of us two rant wow damn okay <laughs> i was i got that got a little heated but you know what i i i, I agree with that <laughs> anyways yeah. uh we digress that's a that's a topic for another time maybe i might even have you on the games cast i don't know if we're doing it tomorrow you should dude you should have me on the games cast if you're gonna talk about last of us two okay we'll do that let's do that tomorrow why not uh, and then, like, you probably your your co-host will probably be like, "Yo, the last of two really bad." <laughs> another okay, you see another thing. The reason why I want to bring you on the games cast is because I don't know about Ari, but Crimson, he's not such a PlayStation fan, so uh -oh. so that's why it's just like. Well, but then then he'll just be like, "Yo, yeah, you know what? Fucking Ellie doing this thing that was stupid," <laughs> and then like not having any context to it. <laughs> no, he's an Xbox player. I don't think he knows anything that's going on in Last of Us. So, okay. I mean, we might there will even... be arguments. That is, that is certain. In all honesty, though, I'm gonna be talking about. Uh, I'm gonna be talking about Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I'm gonna be talking about Horizon Zero Dawn, and I'm gonna be talking about Last of Us Part One. So, dude, I bought the fucking Ratchet and Clank game. I haven't even opened it yet because I've been playing Junior Mark. <laughs> 
you know what? Here's what I'll say. Just for the benefit of the doubt, I don't even know. I've never played a single Kingdom Hearts game other than three. Like, I played, like, for the first five minutes, and then I, I don't know what the hell happened, but I had to do something else. Here's the thing. Here's what I'm going to say. Kingdom Hearts games are way better than Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. That's what I'll say. Really? Whoa. Cool. Dude. You just made me a happy boy. <laughs> <laughs> just for you, Sean. I'll say that. I well no it's just the the thing is that the Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart and I know we're we're getting into video game talk here but Rift Apart is such a showcase of what the PS5 can do like this is next generation right. here so and also I think story wise it's 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 more modern it's way better than the remake of 2016 because that was supposed to be a movie video game and I can hear my dad coming in the distance because now he brings his big rig truck into our house now uh but no uh ripped apart i think it's a masterpiece but i'm sure that the story of um any of the kingdom hearts games is gonna be better than ripped apart so that's what i'll say i'm I a mean, playstation fan i love ripped apart i will personally think that like it's better than kingdom hearts but as a gamer though mm -hmm. and story-wise i'm sure kingdom hearts is better than ripped apart but i digress i mean i won't I will say, like, just before we move on. Okay. The story of Kingdom Hearts to an outsider. Because, like, you know, you think that it's just Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, and 3. But That's then there's also 1.5 or 1, whatever. It, the... It's like, no, but it, what it is, it's, it's Kingdom Hearts 1, Chain of Memories, 2, 358 over 2 days, Birth by Sleep, Recoded, Dream Drop Distance, then Kingdom Hearts 3. So a lot of people are thinking it's 1, 2, and 3, basically go from one to two being like, wait, what's happening? And then they skip to three and they're like, wait, what the fuck? Because they haven't played like five games of story. <laughs> so like a lot of Kingdom Hearts people who don't really play the game, they'll just be like, the story sucks, but haven't played all the other games. And they're like, well, I shouldn't have to play all the other games. And that's mostly true, but... You're never going to understand the story. That's all I wanted to say. Move on. Let's go. Why are you sinking away from me, today? You're making me sad. I love how the autofocus doesn't work. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, people. Let's move on. <laughs> to the next. Uh, hold on. You know what? I'm going to close Chief. my window because apparently... Netflix Chief wants to release hey, a idea. Christopher Nolan's next movie. Oh, that's great. Okay. What? Why did you leave? Okay, here we go. Good. Okay, I'm back. All right. The, 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 next, the next fucking story. Netflix film chief wants to release Christopher Nolan's next movie. Netflix film chief Scott Stuber wants to work with Christopher Nolan to distribute his future movies. According to Variety, Netflix's recent deal with Steven Spielberg's production company Amblin has given Stuber hope that he might be able to lure Christopher Nolan to release his next movie on the streaming platform. Even though Nolan has always been a strong advocate for the big screen theatrical experience, Stuber says he'll do everything he can to change that. If and when Nolan comes up with his new movie, it's about can we be at home for it and what would we need to do to make it happen? Stuber said on the prospect of teaming up with Nolan, he's an incredible filmmaker. I'm going to do everything I can in this business. I've learned you need to have zero ego. I get punched and knocked down and get back up. Okay, so uh, what do you think about this? I, I'm, I'm just going to say this right now. He's not going to do it. I, I'm going to say that. I hope he doesn't do it. 
I really hope he doesn't really? do it. I feel like though I fucking though I fucking uh brag on Christopher Nolan for being like overcomplicated and too serious. Dude is a fucking lover of film and I think lover of cinema tar- will, cinema is, more importantly. He's a lover of cinema. He's a lover of cinema and like the process of how a film should be watched. His films are not films that you can watch on a small screen and be like I understand everything about why this movie is good. No, not at all. You can't watch fucking Tenet on a small screen and be like, this is exactly how I was supposed to be watching it. Yeah. You gotta watch that on the big screen where you can like be immersed in the complex architecture and cinematography and like all that fucking The execution cool of everything that that's happening. Nolan puts in his movie. Like, literally, like, I feel like Christopher Nolan, if he were to take this deal with Netflix, would be, like, like betraying everything that he does in his films. And I feel like if this dude wants to approach Christopher Nolan with that, he should be like, and, no, and, and, no way. And, just to add to the, <laughs> and just to add to the discussion, to add to the conversation here... Dunkirk. I watched this on my OLED. I knew for a fact that I wasn't going to watch this on my monitor. Unfortunately, yes, I did watch The Shining on my monitor, but that was because my parents were outside watching on the the bigger TV, so that's why I didn't watch it on there. Well, also, The Shining is a movie from 1980, and it's not really going to be benefited with an OLED. But, um, yeah, no, but going back, though, Dunkirk. Watched it on the OLED. That's not the point. The point is is that I was listening to, to Dunkirk with my AirPods. Now, let me tell you something. The audio, the sound design that's in that movie should be, should, like, you should have experienced it in a the movie theater because the movie theater is going to have better speakers. It's going to have better acoustics. That is the way you should experience it. Now, in all honesty, right now, Sonoma County is like, weird stuff is going on COVID-wise. So that's why I'm not going to the theaters. But honestly, though, Honestly, it should be experienced. And honestly, if I re- I'm really hoping that he commits to it because I know he had a big like fucking fight with HBO Max because he didn't want to release Tenet like Tenet to I think like it wasn't Tenet, was HBO it? Max. HBO Max. Yeah, it he, was he It was. Yeah, so he didn't want to do that. He didn't want to like release it to Tenet immediately. He wanted to like keep it in theatrical. So, and I agree with that. I was fine. I didn't like fucking pit a fit. I think just I think personally for me, like watching a Christopher Nolan movie on the small screen just takes everything interesting out of his movie for me. Cause like, again, yeah. I'm not a fan of his plots. I'm not a fan of his over simple, uh, over, ex- or sorry, what's the fucking word? Over explained, over complicated, like machinations story wise and he puts in his films. I'm a fan of fucking watching Christopher Nolan put some crazy fucking shit on the screen. That's what I want to watch a Christopher Nolan film for. And to yeah. watch it on my fucking tiny-ass Sony Bravia is not going to make me feel like, yo, I'm watching a great movie right now. Dude, freaking <laughs> Inception. That's what I'll say. Inception, oh my gosh, I wish I watched it in theaters. Because Inception Inception is just yeah. freaking mind-boggling. It dude. came out in 2008, right? I was 10. Probably wasn't going to watch it. I was 7, it so... <laughs> so in all honesty in all honesty here's what i'm gonna say just to just to wrap things up here i don't think he's gonna do it i don't think he's gonna go i don't think he's gonna I hope he say this no. all right gentlemen people, uh, all right. people so next story i want to talk about okay. this one 
I want to talk this, and I highlighted it orange because this is a pretty quick one that I just want to bring up because yes, I've seen the la- I've played the Last of Us Part One, so now I can actually talk about this stuff, and I'm actually excited to talk about this and actually watch this, ladies and gentlemen, people. The next topic on the main show is by Tyler uh, Taylor Lyles. Sorry, I apologize. Uh, the Last of Us HBO cast Anna Torv as Tess in recurring role. Now. I've seen how this person looks like, and honestly, I think she looks very identical to Jess or to Tess. Sorry. Well, let me see. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, that's as good as you could probably get in terms of like looking like the character. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good choice. Um, all I can say about this story is that I hope that like they don't just beat by beat the whole fucking game in this series. I want them to go more into depth. I want, I don't want to see like Tess die in the third episode. Like that would, that, 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 that would be, I don't know. Like, cause I know in the last of us, like she dies pretty early on. And like, I, I always, cause everybody's like, Oh yeah, Tess is such a badass. Tess, Tess is one of the greatest women characters in gaming. It's like, we hardly had like, a minute to even get developed with her. So, in terms of the Last of Us TV show, I want to see more development with Joel and his daughter. I don't want it to be like it is in the game, where like you you want the whole people of the apocalypse is done in like two seconds. You want like I want these characters to be developed even more than they are in the Last of Us. Yeah, you want people to like engage with the story, so then you get them to get the game and play the game, and then be more immersed. I mean that yeah that'd be that'd be awesome, but like you know because I always remember like like the instant like you see Joel with his daughter in the first right. game you're like oh my god this this relationship's awesome they're like they're like a great father daughter duo, and right. then then when she dies it's like crushing how fucking sad it is like they do it very well in the game, but I don't want to see them just do the game again I want to see them like develop that sort of chemistry, but like give it a little bit more time to like i don't know just to get that sort that sort of uh that spark in like a tv show yeah like of course i don't want it over i don't want it overdone but i just want a little bit more like i I want to see like maybe like a clue that the apocalypse is happening before it happens like because i know in the game it's just instantaneously it's happening like it's just like joel wakes up in the middle of the night and it's, it's 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 going on so that's all I gotta say. I want Last of Us to go deeper into the story. I don't want it to just be a repeat of the game. All don't right. do a Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog wants to make a PS5 release of Last of Us, and that's poopy garbage. Yeah, uh, I don't want it either. In all honesty, I don't want to do that. I don't want it. They're trying to pull. A, they're trying to pull a fucking re-release of Skyrim bullshit. Yeah. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, people, moving on to the next topic on the main show. That is by Jared Moore. Ted Lasso's season two premiere is Apple TV Plus's biggest ever launch. I just wanted to say that because, first of all, ladies and gentlemen, people, I don't know if you know this because, first of all, Sean, I know I don't think you've seen it because I know you haven't subscribed to the. I don't have Apple TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's the thing. I fucking love Ted Lasso. I think it's one of the best shows. Yeah, I mean, ever made. I've heard it's an amazing show. Dude. Um, so yeah, it should be a good launch. It, it absolutely is. And I agree. And it's going to win awards. And 
Yeah. That's uh it it stays it it risks a little bit. I saw season, I saw episode 2 today of season 2 and it just get, it it gets better, man. It just gets better. I don't know, but that's all I wanted to say as a fan of Ted Lasso. I just wanted to bring that up. Anyways, let's right, move right, on. I'll, I'll take the, oh. I'll take the next story. Oh boy, here we go, ladies and gentlemen, people. A Sean farewell Taylor. to memes. PBS is Arthur ending in 2022. I had no idea that Arthur was still being made. Honestly. Thank you. You took the <laughs> words right out of my mind, mouth. Like I had no idea this, this was still going on. Right. This is a article by Taylor Lyles. After over 25 years on the air, Arthur, the beloved PBS cartoon, will soon come to an end. IGN has learned. Following rumors and speculation that the show would no longer produce new episodes of the long-running children's animated series, Carol Greenwald, executive producer for Arthur, confirmed to IGN that after 25 years of the show airs on TV... Wait, sorry. Arthur confirmed to IGN that... Sorry. The 25th season... You see, you know why it's messing me up? Because it doesn't say 25th. It says 25. Okay, so after the 25th season of... The show airs on TV. No new episodes will be produced, but said that the show will continue to be available on PBS Kids in the near future. In the winter of 2022, the 25th and final season of Arthur will debut. Arthur will continue to be available on PBS Kids for years to come. Greenwald to IGN in an email. Producer GBH and PBS Kids are continuing to work together on additional Arthur content, sharing the lessons of Arthur and his friends in new ways. Uh... Honestly, again, didn't know Arthur was still being made. Watched it a little bit when I was growing up. Never became a super fan, but, you know, everybody knows the clenching fist meme, so. Yeah, wait, do you know who uh, Steven Crowder is? I do not know. He's a fucking, (laughs) he's a fucking far-right commentator, and he voiced a character on Arthur. (laughs) Oh, my God. When he was, uh my age mm. well not my age younger than that because i think he's not too much older than i am well i digress what do you think about this one well like you said i had no idea arthur was even going i i was just surprised to see that arthur was still going but uh no i think it's been a it's been a long time coming and i think there are some things that need to be put to rest De- now, here's the thing, though. I want to bring make this clear, though, because I believe this is still a cartoon. Because if it is still a cartoon, if they're shutting this down to start working on, like, a freaking Camp Coral bullshit-like thing, I won't have it. Even though I don't, don't I even mean, watch yeah. it, I just want to say this. Because these days, it seems like whenever someone wants to stop it, they either want to stop it for, like, good, or they want to stop it so then they can start something new. Such as, you know, I mean... Well, Doctor Who is an exception because Doctor Who is actually really good, right? They rebooted it and it was really good. But then you see shows like uh, Patrick Star. Patrick Star is getting a show now. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's just downright insulting, though, because Stephen Hillenburg said that he never wanted any spinoffs to be made of SpongeBob. Yeah. So, like, there is an insulting aspect to Nickelodeon waiting for him to die to be like, all right, now we're going to come out with uh, Cam Coral, a new SpongeBob experience, 3G, <laughs> CG animated. Oh, also, you like Patrick Starr, don't you? Well, he has his own TV show now. 
we're, we're, we're completely uh, ass raping what uh, we've, uh, our creator of the show wanted for the, the thing, but you know, money. So, you know, uh, media sucks now. Uh, we are fucking sucking off the dead corpse of Greek creators and shit. So, you know, yeah. I'm sorry. You clapped twice and it only came out once. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> hilarious to me. But yeah, no, I agree. You know what I'm saying? Like, the media is... It's, it's getting really... But yeah, weird. I mean, I don't understand ending a show just to start another show based on the show. Why don't you just keep making the show? Yeah. So, like, if they do that with Arthur, that would suck. And I'd be like, why are you even doing that? Nobody even fucking cares anymore. Um, and also, it's just kind of insulting to the people who made it. So, yeah. Gucci. Yep. Gucci! <laughs> that was the movie that Bill Burnham fucking directed. Eighth grade. Really? Yeah. It was actually pretty good. It was pretty cringy. Uh, Lady Gaga and Adam Driver is in a movie called uh, The House of Gucci. It's coming out soon. Right. Let's move on. You're yes. going to talk about this one. Oh, yeah, we do. Ladies and gentlemen, people, the next topic on the main show is Baba Odenkirk is recovering after collapsing on set. There's an update. Uh, this is by Matt, Tim, and Kim, and Adele Anchors. Uh, this is the uh, update for today. Uh, in a, uh, Let me see. Uh, okay, here we go. Why do you keep showing the ads? Gosh darn it. Okay, in a series of tweets, Bob Odenkirk issued his first public statement since he collapsed on set in Arizona. Uh, Odenkirk took the chance to thank family, friends, and well-wishers following what he says was a, quote, small heart attack. Uh, quote, thank you to my family and friends who have surrounded me this week and for the outpouring of love from everyone who expressed concern and care for me. It's overwhelming, but I feel the love and it means so much. Odenkirk writes. Odenkirk uh, didn't reveal when he will be back on his feet fully, but says, quote, I'm going to take a beat to recover, but I'll be back soon. All right. Yeah. Get well soon, buddy. Um, yeah. Here, here's what I'm going to say. Dude's been like, like, this is what I said to you before. I was like, dude's been like in everything lately. Like, he's been uh, everywhere. So I still want to watch Nobody, man. I'm waiting for Nobody to be yeah. on a streaming service. I mean, I'm definitely glad that he's been around. Like, dude's a really good actor, but like, no, don't spread yourself too thin. Also, take care of yourself. Yeah. You don't. You don't, you don't want to. You don't want to get to the point where you're like can't do what you like to do anymore. So. Yeah. Yep. I get. It. Yeah. That's all I got to say. No. Yeah. No. I agree. You know. And honestly, honestly, like despite the fact that sure I haven't I haven't finished Breaking Bad and like I have yet to start watching Better Call Saul and all, but honestly, that can wait. Worry about yourself, man. Don't worry about what people think. Like, you know, oh, we want season. We want the next season real soon. We want the final season soon. No, forget it, man. Like, if anything happens to Odenkirk, like, it's, it's not even going to be. Uh, what? You said unfortunately. Look, I said unfortunately, that's not how viewer bases work these days. Everybody just wants to watch, watch, and watch, and watch, and watch. And if yeah. you're not going to come out with stuff, like in a timely manner they're gonna forget about you and you're not gonna get the eyes that you want unless you're like you pour money into the advertising for your show mm. so like i mean Birdman. we as a we, we as a spe yeah <laughs> we as a species not species we as a people like in the 21st century our our fucking 
everything hinges on entertainment and content and just stimulation. So like we've become like literal savages when it comes yeah. to like stuff that we want to watch. So mm -hmm. like if, if I'm gonna like, and the thing is, is I'm not that way. So like, cause I appreciate art and like who's making oh, yeah. it. So like, if I'm gonna watch a show, I'm gonna watch the show. I don't give a fuck when it comes out and when it doesn't come out. I, if I hear that the new season's out, boom, gonna watch it. That's why with Cyberpunk, with all the fucking rabid fans being like, if you don't release this, I'm not gonna buy it. And then they release it and they're like, oh my god, I can't believe you released this. Ah, oh. it's like, what do you want? What do you want from creators? Do you want them to fucking rush shit? Or do you want them to be okay with their whole lives? <laughs> and like release an actual good put together fucking thing. Yeah. But anyway. Yes. Yeah. I know, I know I've been fucking ranting. But, no, 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 yeah. no. Don't, don't ever say sorry, man, unless if, you know, you mm -hmm. actually say something out of the line, then I will have to say something. But <laughs> no, you're good, man. You're good. This is what the show's all about. We're going to return about all the film stuff going right. on. However, this one is a, this next topic is very, very personal to me. Yep. Here we go. It's personal in a good way and a bad way. <laughs> you, you probably expected it to happen anyway this is something okay this is something where i can talk critically here this is something that we're like because you're whenever i say like okay i've seen uh the departed you go all over it and i'm just sitting here like yeah basically basically what i was gonna say this is where i give my rant this is where i give my rant here here we go the next topic on the main show is dr who jody whittaker leaving along with showrunner chris chibnall so uh, this is by Matt Perslow. Okay, here's the thing. Jodie Whittaker is set to leave Doctor Who alongside showrunner Chris Chibnall. Let me see if I fucking have that in the frame here. Okay. Who has helmed the show since Whittaker took on the role of the 13th Doctor. The two will exit the show next year following a trio of special episodes that will air in autumn 2022, reports uh, The Hollywood Reporter. The BBC describes the finale as a, quote... Epic blockbuster special. Uh, quote, uh, My heart is so f full of love for this show, for the team who make it, for the fans who watch it, and for what it has brought to my life, said Whitaker in a statement. Uh, he here's what I'm going to say, because I know this is going to take forever if I go through this entire thing. I have another article that I, ha I have to show. Um, so they literally, they literally point this out on the BBC article talking about, you know, their exit. They literally talk about how, like, critics have said that, like, ever since, uh, because I don't know if you're a you're not a Whovian. You don't really watch as much. You I, used to. I am a past Whovian. I used to really like Doctor Who, but then mm -hmm. they took it off of Netflix. So I was like, well, guess I'm never watching this again. Well, and I think that was a good thing, because once I stopped watching, it became not very good. So, hmm. well... <laughs> Here's what, Today's like, I don't agree with that. But, well, yeah, you know, mm, mm, whatever. Mm, I got something <laughs> to say about that. Uh, but no, seriously. Um, I mean, it's on HBO Max. You have HBO Max, but whatever. The point is... I, I don't anymore. I don't have Xfinity. Oh, shit. That's right. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. All right. All right. I see you. All right. Fine. Um, but no, here's the thing. The, the last two seasons of Doctor Who, it's, it's kind of like a light reboot or a refresh. You could, as you could say, it's not a full reboot because the uh, they have a new team, right? They have a new production team. They're working like you know they have a new composer. They have a new showrunner. Here's the thing, I I saw 
I binged Doctor Who. Now, I didn't know who Chris Chibnall was at all. I did realize that the last two seasons have been kind of iffy. It hasn't been as, like, power, super powerful or, like, fun all the time like the previous uh, seasons before that. However, then I decided to binge Torchwood, which, guess who was the uh, showrunner for Torchwood? Chris Chibnall. Yeah. So here's the thing. I watched it and I was like, okay, well, this makes perfect sense why Doctor Who hasn't really been like that. Because here's the thing. Chris Chibnall, the way he writes, he writes it dark. He writes dark stuff. Like, sure, he's a Doctor Who fan, but still, like, the, the writing that he's been doing recently in Doctor Who is just not as good. And, and in all honesty, like, that doesn't mean that, like, oh, Doctor Who is terrible now. No, of course not. I watched it. And I love it. I love Doctor Who. It's actually my number one favorite show on this earth. Unless if we go to a different planet, then maybe there's a different show. But the point is, is that uh, just to round things, just to round things up, I don't hate Chibnall. I just don't like the turns that he took in this series in Doctor Who, the way he has changed some things. I just don't like it. That's all. That's all it is. I am happy to see that like okay he's departuring great cool fine let's actually see what's going on here i'm sad that jody whitaker is leaving but another thing i'd like to point out is that they everyone keeps saying like oh jody whitaker is probably going to be leaving in 2022 or after the season of course she's going to leave thank you this is exactly how the doctor works three seasons and they're out then they regenerate that's literally how it works i don't know why everyone's making such a big deal out of this Sure. I mean, we're now we're going to have to wonder, like, who who's going to be the next Doctor? Is it going to be that, you know, what's her name? I can't remember her name, and I'm not even going to think about looking it up. But uh, she was another female Doctor in, in the show, and I'm not going to mention which episode it is. You're going to have to find that out for yourself. But the point is, is that good. I, good and bad. Good because Tribnal is leaving. He can work on a better project that's fitted for himself. The sad, the bad thing is, is that Whitaker is leaving, and she didn't, she hasn't really had a chance to, you know, shine her light. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, they finally announced season series thirteen is gonna be an eight part, like one story. You know what I mean? Like, it's like uh, Good Omens, and so it'll be very interesting to see whether or not this takes a turn for the better or for the worse. So. Yeah, that's all I'll say. I'm look, I'm happy for Chris. You know, he's you know, he was there. He was there for like the refresh of Doctor Who because after uh season 10, he t- he took over and like of course there's going to be some bumps in the road, obviously. So I don't I don't even blame him. I mean, a lot of people they hate Chimnall with a fury, and I don't think that's like okay because the guy Despite the fact that, like, you know, he hasn't really been listening or something. He does try. He, he takes the time to write these things. And dare I say it, like, he, it's because of him that Doctor Who is still going. Anyways, so that's what I'll say. I'm, my, my throat is getting tired. But the point is, is that Doctor Who, I'm a fucking Whovian, okay? If you want to talk about Doctor Who, you hit me up right now and I will talk to you for hours. But the point is, is that... I'm sad for Jody. I'm sad for Chris. I wish that Chris Chibnall would have, you know, 
he had a second chance and he did better. I wish Jodie Whittaker had another chance to work with another showrunner and then like have her moments. But otherwise, there's been great moments. I I've loved it. I love the quality of the production now. I mean, now it's more modernized. It looks a lot cooler. It looks a lot better, I might even add. But story-wise, it has been a bit iffy. So I'm hoping that it changes and... Honestly, I haven't watched anything on live television. And if there's one thing that I signed up for live cable, it's for Doctor Who. So let's get to it. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, next story. You you want you want? Yeah, that's yeah. yeah I'll I, read it. This is a quick one. So here we go. Marvel's Hawkeye director. Sorry, I didn't read that right. Marvel's Hawkeye Disney Plus premiere date revealed. Disney has revealed that Marvel Studios' Hawkeye will premiere on Disney Plus on November 24th, 2021, with new episodes arriving each and every Wednesday. EW has also shared a first look at the new series, which stars both Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye and Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop. Hawkeye will be the next live-action Marvel Cinematic Universe series following Loki. <coughs> Uh, we'll bring Hawkeye face-to-face with the young archer Kate Bishop for the first time. Kate is a 22-year-old kid, and she's a big Hawkeye fan, Brenna tells EW. She has a wonderfully annoying and equally charming manner about her because she's such a fangirl of Hawkeye. The relationship grows from that, but the biggest problem for Clint is Kate Bishop and the onslaught of problems that she brings into his life. Originally created by Alan Heinberg and Jim Chung, Kate Bishop was first seen in the 2000s in Marvel's Young Avengers comics. In the comments, Clint Barton, who Renner plays, was dead and Kate Bishop took up the mantle of Hawkeye. However, he did return because of comics magic and the two starred <laughs> in the Hawkeye solo comic by Matt Fraction and David Aja that ran from 2012 to 2015. All right. Yeah, um, I was going to stop you there. So I'm excited for it. That's what I'll say. I mean, obviously you're not super into the MCU anymore. That's okay. That's understandable. Loki though, I don't know if you've given it a chance, but Loki is really good. Go check that out. But honestly, uh, that again, I've heard has been great, or it's been like, mm, nah. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm not one to say how you should feel. You should experience it, and you should tell me like what you actually think about it. Don't worry about me. Uh, but Hawkeye, I'm excited for it. it. It's been teased for like fucking forever, and we're gonna get a bunch of. Like, we're gonna get a bunch of uh, Disney Plus stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh, you look ridiculous. Uh, but Hawkeye, super excited for it. That's that's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'll say. Yeah. That's it. Um, okay, we're gonna move on to the next topic because I know you have to go and uh, I got. Ooh, actually. Oh. I want to read this one too. You you can have the last two. All right. Yeah. This was a- one of my favorite games ever. <laughs> I I only played it for a bit, but no. Let's let's see what you think. All right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen, people. Uh, let me get the article ready yeah. and good go. Okay, Injustice: Gods Among Us movie cast and release window announced. So DC has revealed the cast for its upcoming Injustice: Gods Among Us animated movie, alongside the announcement that it'll release this fall. The Injustice animated movie was announced last month. Oddly enough, through the press release for DC's upcoming Batman The Long Halloween Part 2 animated movie, and now The Hollywood Reporter has revealed the cast for the movie. It features an expansive cast with a lot of names you might recognize. 
Justin Hartley as Superman, Anson Mount as Batman, Laura Bailey as Lois Lane and Rama Kushna, Zach Callison oh. as Damian, presumably Damian Wayne, and Jimmy Olsen, Brian T. Delaney as Green Lantern, Brandon Michael Hall as Cyborg, Edwin Hodge as Mr. Terrific and Killer Croc, Oliver Hudson as Plastic Man, Julian Jacobs as Harley Quinn, Yuri Lowenthal as Ma Mirror Master Flash and Suzanne. Yes. Derek, Phillip <laughs> Derek Phillips as Nightwing and Aquaman, Kevin Pollack as Joker and Jonathan Kent, Annika Nani Rose as Catwoman, Reed Scott as Green Arrow and Victor Zass, Farron Tahir as Ra Rachel Ghoul, Fred Tadisior as Captain Adam, Janet Varney as Wonder Woman, Andrew Morgado as Mirror Master Soldier. Okay, I... Okay. I have to stop it right there. I have to stop it right there. The reason why I gasped at Yuri Lowenthal, because ladies and gentlemen, people, he is one of my favorite voice actors ever. He plays one of my favorite superheroes. Not one of my favorite. He's my favorite superhero, Spider-Man. He plays Spider-Man. He has played Ben 10. This guy is one of my idols, man. I love him so much. And also, it was very it was very cool to see Laura, uh, Laura Bailey in here as well. But, yeah, Laura um, Bailey. Yeah. Uh, if anybody knows who Laura Bailey is, she's Abby in The Last of Us uh, 2, and you either love her or... No, actually, you probably don't love her. You probably just hate her. <laughs> uh, uh, she's also uh, Black Widow in uh, Marvel's Avengers. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. <gasps> well, she's a very nice lady, and she won... I think she won a, an award for Best Voice Actress in a, in a, in a video game at the... As she should. As she at should. The BGAs, yeah. At the BGAs. Yeah. So I like I really like DC. However, I haven't really had a chance. I have the game, but I haven't had a chance to really play it. Sean, how do you feel about this? Let's talk about you. Um You know, I mean I think Injustice Gods Among Us was my introduction to like the DC universe, honestly. Like, you know, I had seen uh Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and uh, Batman, The Dark Knight Rises. But, like, those are, like, Christopher Nolan films. Those aren't really, like, DC films. Like, it's not like right. you're seeing, like, Superman fly in or The Flash run in or Wonder Woman, like, showing up or anything. So, like, Injustice Gods Among Us was my introduction to a lot of, like, faces like let's say shazam and uh mr freeze killer frost so i have a lot of good memories playing injustice gods among us because it was also my introduction into the nether realm fighting games like i had never played mortal Kombat on a on a console before then and all that stuff but um i think uh making an animated movie out of this will be pretty interesting um i'm pretty sure it just followed the story of the game which is essentially uh, New Dimension, uh, all of these uh, superheroes go from one dimension to the other dimension where Superman is a bad guy and is, like, running a Nazi dictatorship and using, like, a regime of uh, superheroes, essentially. Um, right. But that's, that's the premise. But, uh, yeah, and I think I think what kicked it off is basically, like, I think what it was was the Joker put a dead man switch on Lois Lane, who was pregnant with Superman's son, and when she got killed, it blew up Metropolis. Mm. So after Superman killed the Joker, he basically founded a Nazi regime <laughs> where like everybody needed to follow the rules, and if anybody was 
not following the rules, they were gonna get zapped by Superman and all mm. that stuff. So I, I, it's like it's one of my more, uh, what's the word? It's one of my more uh, favorable uh, stories. Personally favorable. I find, I find it pretty interesting. Yeah, personally favorable stories, and I find it interesting. So huh. I watched. My, uh, we'll see. I watched The Killing Joke when it came out, and that was pretty cool. Um, at least two thirds of it was pretty cool. Because <laughs> the first third has nothing to do with the killing joke, but you know, <laughs> tastes like I don't even know what the killing. Joke I don't even is. know what the hell you're talking about, man. Uh, I know the killing joke, but I haven't seen the killing joke yet. So, hey, maybe that do might. Do you know be... what happens in the killing joke? No, not at all. <laughs> okay, well, I'm not gonna spoil it for you. Thank you. All right, people, we got two more topics to go. Let me take the wheel here. Our next topic is Warner Brothers will make 10 movies exclusively for HBO Max next year. Uh, Warner Media is sticking with the streaming service in some respects. This is by J- Joseph Noop. Uh, Warner Brothers is set to produce 10 films, 10 movies exclusively for HBO Max next year. Warner Media CEO Jason Killar uh, said during an earnings call the issue of Warner Media's Movies releasing simultaneously on HBO Max and in theaters have has been contentious. Um, contention, sorry, contentious, sorry. Uh, but it appears the filmmaker won't abandon either format in any significant way yet, according to the Hollywood Reporter. Killer stated that Warner Bros. will produce around ten movies that will be available exclusively on HBO Max on quote day one in 2022 the comment was made between remarks about the state of theatrical releases including the box box office performance of godzilla versus kong however killer did not say what movies are coming exclusively to hbo max pre-existing or otherwise uh one film recently confirmed as an hbo max exclusive however is excuse me uh batgirl which recently cast leslie grace as its lead uh okay so I think I'm going to stop it right there. Um, I want to start with you first, while I collect my thoughts. What do you What do you think of this news? Um, I'm not super excited for that because. Uh, oh yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, much, I forgot. I, I I much rather would have movies go into the movie theater rather than exclusively being released on a streaming service. But um, I just hope that uh. I don't know. I don't really. I don't have HBO Max anymore, so like I don't really care. Um, they can release whatever they want. I'll probably catch it some other time, um, whether it's does play in the movie theater at some point or whatever. But um, yeah, I I'm not su- a super fan of this move, but you know, it's we're going a certain way, and yeah. you know, I'm a little bit more I'm a little bit more conservative on how like movies should be watched and all that stuff. Because, like, I don't know, like, unless you have, like, a, mo- a home theater that you can watch all of your movies in, I don't think you'll get the same experience as um, on the smaller screen. I agree. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. Uh, yeah, once again, I, I feel like it's cool. I mean, Hulu has its movies. Netflix has its movies. Um, Disney Plus has his movies, and yeah, this is kind of the future, but at the same time, it's just like, it's a bit iffy. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah. But, sure. uh, alright, well, 
how awkward is it to talk about another HBO Max story? Because, ladies and gentlemen, people, our final topic of the show is, if I can get this to work, uh, uh, this is by J. Kim Murphy. Michael B. Jordan will produce, potentially star in Black Superman limited series for HBO Max. <laughs> what do you think? Angry Joe is livid. Oh. That's what I like to hear. Dude, fuck Angry Joe. Because he got all upset because Henry Cavill is no longer going to be Superman. Um, and mm. uh, Michael B. Jordan was going to become Superman. He's like, Michael B. Jordan! Oh! Michael B. Jordan! He's not the Superman that I like! So I'm super happy because Angry Joe is a piece of shit and uh, should not be anywhere close to media because he's like basically wants just nothing but like the same shit to come out. But anyway, um, I think that Michael B. Jordan is an interesting choice to be Superman. Um, But he's Superman in a television show, right? Is he? I don't even know. I mean, it says limited series, so that means like it will be like a season of Black Superman. Yeah. So, um, but I hope I I think this is cool. I think oh, and it's not even Kal El; it's Val Zod. Hmm. So a Black Kryptonian that holds the mantle of Superman. Yeah, that's cool. I think hmm. that's interesting. Uh, I think. But it's uh, not even like good, it's not even technically candidate. even just to go to that stretch. It's not even he's not even replacing Superman, and it's no he's a completely different character. So yeah. I'm good with this. I'm I'm I don't know if I'd watch it or not because I'm probably not gonna buy HBO Max. Yeah. So it's cool. Um, I hope that he's successful and I hope people like him. There you have it. <laughs> I on I on the other hand, also like this decision and. I feel like after without remorse, I haven't seen the film, but a lot of people said it was just not good. This maybe this might be an opportunity for him to get back up there. But um, another thing is that Henry Cavill is now moved on. I don't think like they're gonna have him as Superman again, despite the fact that he was a pretty good Superman, uh, for only two movies, two or three movies. Uh, right. Uh, I I rather have him as The Witcher than Superman. That's my honest opinion. Honestly, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. That's about it? Okay. All right. Wow. This episode has been quite eventful, Sean. This episode has been pretty... uh, I I mean, I might be stepping out of my spot here. Stepping out of my place here to say this, but... uh, Oh! (gasps) Excuse me. What's up? Mama Felmy's in the house. Thank you so much. You're amazing. You're an angel. Thank you so much. She has brought me chicken. Look at that spicy Indian chicken. Tasty, tasty, dude. Yes. As I was saying, I might be stepping out of my place to say this, but uh, you might want to... I'd say that this binge report was pretty money, bro. It was the money. Yeah, it was. It was good. It was good. And you must admit that these past, uh, at least like these past two binge reports, have really like gotten you on your headlights if you know or what's the right way of saying it um i've gotten your attention i've gotten your attention you know mostly it was like i mean sure i've watched other shows but like you know i was watching hunter street and like all these other shows and you were just like okay you were sitting back but now you're just like oh 
Whoa! Right. So, yeah. so uh, <laughs> oh boy, you better get ready for what's going on next week. Uh-huh. Yeah, I bet. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, Simon. people. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, people. I'm getting tired. I need to call Kaya to freaking complain. Uh, but no, that, that that's... That's just a joke. Ladies and gentlemen, people, uh, we're going to end it right here because, as you all know, I am now surprising Sean rather than talking with Sean. I have to also surprise him now. But uh, we're not going to have a binge. We're not going to have a binge spin anymore. I might as well even take it off the uh, OBS setup here because uh, I think I think it's just for the best because I don't think this is something for me to manage on my own. So, uh yeah, that's about it. I hope you all enjoyed this episode of Taste Filling Fridays. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to follow us on Twitch if you want to watch us live uh, every other Friday. Uh, of course, uh, Sean, I don't know if you're available tomorrow for the games cast, but uh, I might be, I might not be. Just let me know. Oh, okay. Well, you heard it here, folks. Uh, t- tomorrow, Saturday. Uh, on twitch.tv slash filming uh, you can see uh, filming fate's games cast uh, everyone's everyone else is well sold in so now we can actually get back to business but other than that uh, if you want to watch this later on on youtube.com slash filming go check it out over there uh, don't forget to hit subscribe and also if you're way too busy to watch then uh, you can listen to this in audio form on your favorite podcast platform by looking up fate's filming fridays Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, people, uh, I don't know what just happened, but in my preview, it seems like it just froze for some good... Oh! Oh! It didn't freeze! Of course! My camera just had to die now, didn't it? Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, people... <laughs> Sean, do you want to take it over while I fix my camera? Uh, I don't really have much to say. Um, watch Bo Burnham's Inside. That's a super important thing that everybody yeah. needs to watch. Um, uh, Fate is, um, killing it with the films that he's watching. Um, he's, uh, he's finally watching the films he needs to instead of random things like, uh, Hunter Street and, um, Paw Patrol, the movie. And, uh, that's not a random thing. Uh, that is a premiere. That is a full like feature length film. Show some respect to that. Um, yeah, so like you know, like he, he's getting into the good. He's he's getting into the deep stuff, and that's good. And uh, yeah, so if you like our show, please watch us at all the places Fate knows, because like you know, I'm not really sure where we get broadcasted. So yeah. you know, like I, I know we're on Twitch and I know we're on YouTube. But that's pretty much it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, I hope you all have a great, fantastic rest of your day or night.